Hello everyone, it's that time of the week. It's time for another episode of By the Numbers. We're up to 98 on the second season, coming in on that 100th episode. I'm your host Richard Lewis, joining me as a recurring guest uh, is of course Duncan Thorin Shields, fresh fresh from uh, overseas. How you doing my man, you good? Yeah, not bad, all things considered. Yeah. Now listen, I- I'll also say this, because before we come on to the show, we do talk uh you know and, and get a get a feel about where we're going to go and stuff so just everybody on, on watching the show today duncan's done so many transatlantic flights uh in like the past few weeks I, I'm, I'm sure he's actually not really here he's just a fucking hologram just a shadow of himself so uh, we, i was going to put it back a couple of days but duncan's bravely come That's on right. while fighting fighting sleep so. put it this way i all you need to know is this right everyone who's done like really long flights and worked events knows you need a couple of days to decompress like I've even done it where I've been and had like two full nights sleep and I would still feel totally knackered when I woke up. Cause I've done oh, something yeah. like six of them in two weeks. The worst one was the esports awards. Cause I literally was in and out of America and the whole awards within like 30 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, no, and, and no sleep from what I saw either. Mate. Listen, man, and no sleep. some things had to be done. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I was I, for, for all the talk of Richard Lewis, the party animal, Fucking hell, those days are over, aren't You're quite you? reserved, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, I was making sure everyone got to fucking bed at the esports awards. We I do need like, somebody Henry? to do that, though, I have learned. We, <laughs> yeah. do need, we need some responsible adults. <laughs> well, no, the, 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 the thing I was worried about is obviously they don't fuck around in Texas with, like, drunken, disorderly nonsense. No, you know, when you've heard. got a bunch of... Br- uh, yeah, when there's, like, a bunch of British people, like, like drunken British louts. It's like, okay, guys, we should probably just go to bed. Go, at least get off the streets. At least make it the hotel's problem. So, uh, so yeah, I was just, uh, I was on my best behavior. I barely touched a drop, actually. So, you know, good. But it was, uh, it was I good to see charities. everybody. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> did notice. Yeah. And uh, uh, whatever else I have, I'll have to wait till Witch's biography comes out in about 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Be straight fire. Straight fire. There we were. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, it was good. It was, it was, it was uh, a good time. So, look, there's lots to get through because obviously we skipped out last week because Duncan was doing an event plus the esports awards, everything else. I think we, while we're, while we're bringing up the esports, oh, Let's do the sponsor shout out first, Richard. Fucking hell, you're out of practice. So obviously, shout out to the patrons. Uh, we love all, all y'all. Uh, if you donate $50 or more, you do get to ask a question at the end of the show. They've been really good lately. You've really upped your game. I'm not going to lie. Used to think you were just a bunch of uh, brainless plebs that gave us money. Now I know that you're intelligent plebs that give us money. So thanks very much for that. Um, and also shout out to re.com. I've got some good news coming up over there. Because not only are re.com going to be running all sorts of um, special uh features c- coming up for for ECS in fact uh, right now they're doing something where if you deposit uh they give you 100% of your deposit bonus so if you put 100 uh, up to $100 so you put $100 in they'll give you a free $100 to b- basically bet with uh you can go check that out it's just a way to maximize your winnings and over at ECS the YouTube channel I've got an interview with Carrigan coming fresh from his victory in china that we're going to talk about the next subject that i'm going to be interviewing over there is going to be carrigan so make sure you follow that youtube channel so you get that interview because it's going to be sick it's been a long he doesn't doesn't fuck around either he only won it on sunday well no but this is the thing i had carrigan over a barrel you see because he promised he was going to come on the no majors club in london (coughs) then he promised he was going to come on the next no majors club then we were going to do an interview for desert or and i was like And then I was like, come on, brother, we've known each other out long now. You can't dodge me. So I said, as soon as you're back from China, mate, we're sitting down. So we're going to do that, basically. Um, I think uh, it's tonight or tomorrow. 
but whatever, it'll be there. So it's going to be good. It'll be a talk all about his career. Rivalry.com, great sponsors, bringing you great content in the CS sphere. Let's just talk briefly about the eSports Awards, though, because a lot of mixed reactions. I saw a terrible video. Uh, it was on the eSports subreddit, which, of course, is uh, moderated by uh, a delusional freak. Um, so you don't expect the best content to be there. But uh, there was a guy basically saying that all of, all, all of the awards are rigged um, because... It, it, this was his theory. He went right. Riot Games won because Shocks was on the panel, and somebody that used to work for Riot and Tencent was on the panel. But then didn't factor in people like me, you, and Monty are on the panel, which of course would offset any bias. If indeed we were voting, oh, you want to with, know something about bias? I, I, yeah, the, award, the awards sell on their page. They're the most transparent one, and as far as I know, there's yep. no rule prohibiting saying their votes. Do you want to know something? I voted for Riot Games as as esports game developer of the year. Mm. I voted for Riot Games. Yeah. Now, how the fuck could I be biased in favor of Riot Games? You know, I made a video a few months ago about how they fucked <laughs> me out of a job. And, yeah. and, I made a, and in the video, I went through all the sins I could remember. What's funny is, much like your thing about get, fucking games journalists, I actually forgot half the fucking stories that even go in there. There's that many outrageous stories about these cunts. I even yeah. think as people, they're some of the worst human beings to ever touch a video game. Doesn't change the fact they did a bang up job with a fucking game, did a lot of things that were very positive in the scene, and actually, as far as I can tell, up the level in a lot of stuff. So I actually voted for Riot Games for that. So that's one of the things I can't stand about this approach. Like, was the person who made this video a journalist? Uh, no, it was just some clout chasing shitty YouTuber with no followers. Right, but it, fair was, it was it was on it was on the front page of esports. But I've seen other people like you know the, there now seems to be this prevailing sentiment after we've had the biggest esports awards to date and, and and they were great and they went they went smoothly. I didn't agree with the, some of the awards that went out. I, I have my either. Own I'll ask, I'm going to do some content on that as well. By the way, because again, as I say, these yeah. people are not afraid. By the way, of me speaking, I've even told them. By the way, if I don't get to, I just won't be involved. So they understand the way yeah. the deal is. But I'll just say this the part i don't like about that approach is it's very easy when you make it a faceless awards to say it's rigged and it's all just bullshit and it's corporate and that mm. what you're essentially doing is you're essentially saying thorin is a fucking public liar and is sold out for money richard lewis is a public liar sold out for money adam apicella is a public liar sold out for money monte mm. cristo is a public liar and so you're just literally impugning the fucking integrity of the people who have the most integrity in the entire industry on the basis of what a theory plucked right out the depths of your fucking anus that's outrageous. Like, fair yeah. enough if this is just some random guy on YouTube. He has his right. He can have his own opinion. I do my Thorin's thoughts videos. They are just my thoughts. But, like, that's one of the things I can't handle when it's, like, industry people or other journalists. It's like, you are aware you're basically just calling me a liar when you say that. So it's like, come at me if you're going to do that. And we can fucking dance. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a weird one. Like, some of the reactions, it's like, listen, I don't understand how you're supposed to get anybody with enough experience across all of the... Um, you know, communities of esports and have an understanding of all different strata of esports and then employ somebody that hasn't worked for any of the company's organizations or has a relationship with any of the individuals that get nominated for said awards. It seems that that is an impossible um, kind of uh, premise. And, and again, it just shows how little people know about, you know, film awards like Cannes and the Oscars and you know, just how award shows work in general. You're always going to be able to join the dots of bias. It's just what you have to do is you have to understand that, um, first of all, yeah, there probably is some bias that informs some awards. You're never going to get away from that. That's the nature of the beast. And also, you know, if if there is ever anything that's like scandalous or, or you know, over the top like that, you, can, you know, there's other panelists that'll call that shit out.
Man, I'll leave. Know, not, not, I've said this yeah, before. If I yeah, ever find same. out it's rigged in any context whatsoever, I'll leave that next day. And by the way, and the esports awards know this, and I'll publicly say I think it's rigged. I'll come out yeah. there. And there'll be a video the next day. And by the way, it was straight fire video. I'll probably get 500k views. I'll just detail how it's rigged. And they know that. And the whole premise, by the way, is like this. You might think, oh, why would anyone work with you? Because I'm only trying to work with people who aren't fucking corrupt. So if it turns out you yeah. are corrupt, guess what? Don't work with me ever, mate. I'll tell all your secrets. Bad luck yeah. for you. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> um, just in, in regards to CS, there was a couple of things. Uh, that, you know, I was very surprised um to see booger the young Fortnite player absolutely um kind of double up on the awards i didn't think uh pc game rookie of the year was as cut and dry as a lot of people did i actually voted ziwu because i think when you do something for an entire like i understand to win the Fortnite world cup is a ridiculous achievement at 16 i understand all the qualifiers you have to go through then all the people he has to beat in the tournaments and the rounds and everything it's an insane uh, achievement but it still is just one tournament and for me Ziwoo's burst onto the scene in his first ever competitive team and achieved a level of excellence that is unprecedented for any uh, rookie we've ever had in Counter-Strike to the point where he's now posting better numbers than Simple somebody we he's a contender for player of the year anyway Forget yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you know? so I, I I voted them that way around Ziwoo and Booger I, obviously the board I also had the, the Call of Duty guy Simp above, based on the research I did. Sounded like that guy was a fantastic player. Oh no, but he was in he was in the console, I think. Oh, so, sorry, yeah, yes, we, yeah. I'm, so I'm he did win, he did yeah. win the he did win the console. Uh, th there was no debate about him winning the console one. Um, but yeah, the uh, the the it was it was very strange. But but, it, but that one's negligible. I'll give you that one one way or the other. The PC game uh, player of the year, where Simple was third was was i just couldn't fathom it i i don't know how he finished where he finished i had this discussion with davey we were doing a stream the other day me davey and the boys and uh Cesar was on there too and we were talking about it and davey was like no no no. actually i i don't think he should have got the award because you know they, they didn't go to as many events as other players and stuff i'm just like i just can't see who else has been at the top of their game like that for for that long so i was really surprised to see simple in 30 like to not be I'll, I'll just say this, right, I'm actually going to do a video on this, because again, as I said, first of all, the awards in theory say they're transparent. Secondly, I, anything I'm involved with will always be transparent. I don't give a fuck. So yeah. I will actually do a video where I actually even break down some of the awards I don't think should have happened, and specifically what I think happened in the process, because what I'm going to tell the eSports awards anyway. So I think it's just a, a, a legit way to do it. And I'll say, actually, the problem I had with the PC Player of the Year one is... It's also the one where I can actually see when I look at what I think went wrong now, why it could actually, with all good intentions, have got, have been a process that didn't work. And the problem is this. Mm. As someone who does follow a lot of the different esports games, this was the one year I can think of in history where, for example, for Overwatch, CS, and League of Legends, there was a really, really legit candidate who basically could have won the award. So you had yeah. three people who absolutely, you know, unless they're all just your top three, there's already going to be problems there. And then the whole booger thing is like, Unfortunately, without going into too much detail to do my video, I think that was basically just unfortunately fans pushed that over the edge and that's basically the flaw I hope they're going to correct for next year because if you think about it, in a world where you could have a sort of a split decision among three people with the experts, then the fans boosting someone could easily put that person to the top, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, but it wasn't all bad. Uh, obviously, Henry um, got caster 
of 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 the year which is sure. you know a, a hell of an achievement uh when you consider first of all the field and what it's essentially saying that you know the person who wins that award is considered the best commentator uh across all esports titles so um you know I, 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 that, I think that was a good shout for me i think he's had like a really really solid year when you consider as well him and sadakis doing all the big finals together uh, sadakis also nominated um, and now he's end, end, ended the year without a partner. I thought it was a nice way to kind of, you know, recognize the meteoric rise he's had. And there's not many ex-players that have gone on to do commentary and achieved similar heights. And very often you see them on the desk rather than, you know, doing any form of uh, commentary at all. So, you know, lot, lots of positives there, um, I thought. Well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved. And we had all the Lifetime Achievement Awards that came in, which uh, included Scoots. Uh, he was in there, DJ Wheat was in there, um, Sundance was in there, obviously from MLG. So um, I, kinda, I think overall CS was pretty well represented, people that have made stellar contributions to, to Counter-Strike. Zonic uh, won was, Coach of the Year? Yeah, absolutely, Zonic of course got Coach of the Year, nearly forgot about that. So I, I think we had a pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, you know, round you know, recognition. Um, it wasn't as bad as people thought, it was just when it came to the players, it was just almost like, you know, kind of a, a, a little bit strange, but but I thought overall, good awards. Um, you know, it was a very good ceremony. Lots of people in attendance. Biggest it's been. Politicians there, <laughs> kind of surreal. Uh, but yeah, it was um, it was it was definitely you know uh, a, a mass a mass positive I think for esports in general for me. Not just saying next I'm on the panel because. Obviously, I'm like you. I'll just come out and shit on things I'm even attached to if I think they're fucking bad, because who cares anymore? Um, so look, uh, let's well, let's do the next big story that happened that we didn't get to do, and that was DK. This was a rumor that's been swirling around for a while. By the uh, way, just as a quick aside, I'll just yeah. I'll just say this for people because it's an anecdote this stream would probably enjoy. If people mm. think I'm joking when I say like I will just literally say what I think no matter the platform. Right when I was out in LA doing Summoning Insight as part of Monty's The Nine Show, which is a League of Legends talk show, Summoning Insight, and we were covering the World Championship in League of Legends oh, for the yeah, last ever <laughs> for the last ever episode right of that show to wrap it up because we'd only done all the episodes up to the final. I said, well, even though my contract only went up until the final, we can't just not have like a one of like well who won and break it down you know so we agreed to do one last one when i was at home and we remotely did it again like the old days right and on this what on this broadcast which is literally on the cloud nine twitch channel live at, like we get to a point where the way someone inside like the show works is it just you know it's like it's like by the numbers you just give your thoughts on anything that's going on we go on little rants about stuff and there's one point where we're discussing teams in north america and how much they spend and you know do they actually like go for the do they go for broke basically and try and be the champions do they play it safe and just play off a fan base and basically there's one point where i go on literally a five minute rant about how fuck orgs like cloud nine <laughs> who literally are trying to min max this game and then claim they're trying to win i do this whole run and then monty at one point goes like whoa 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 you Thorne, we're actually on the Cloud9 Twitch channel. So then I go, all right, we'll just replace everything I said about Cloud9 with TSM then. <laughs> Still in the VOD. You can go check it. They know what they were signing up to. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's, at, the, at the end of the day, when, when you bring people like, you know, you, me it, it, into this, like you, there is an element of 
because we've been doing it for so long. It's all scoots is another good example. Like we we are gonna say what we want. Like you're not getting around that. Like it's a luxury we've earned, but that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna speak our mind, and you can either you know reap the benefits of enabling us to do that, or you can try and suppress it like so many others had, and we'll we'll just get you on the comeback. It always, <laughs> you know, we're not we're not gonna fucking suppress our opinions in an industry where increasingly more and more people need to actually articulate real opinions that that to help the business go into the right direction. So, but yeah, I mean, and also as well at the table. Your your commentary as the awards were coming through was good job. They can't pick up on that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was super <laughs> worried because at one point there was a camera crew right next to you, and I'm like, fucking hell, here it Second comes! Like here it comes! There was literally a guy who like a fucking steady cab stood right next to Thorin, and I was like, Just checking it for microphones. Is that is it yeah, exactly into like, that? So, um, but yeah. Anyway, so look, this was the big story that kind of broke while um, you know. Uh, we we were doing our thing and you were at that event and and whatever. Uh, DK has kind of got it over the line now, and and we'd all heard this anyway that uh, the next major was going to be uh, the first one of 2020 was going to be in Brazil and run by ESL. And just to say, I mean, like if anyone's still wondering about the veracity of the report, first of all, ESL obviously haven't come out and publicly denied it. No one's come out and publicly denied it. And that was that was what we were being, you know, that was the rumor that was circulating among um, esports talent, you know, when we were at events. In fact, you know, I think I think when uh, I think I even was talking to a few people at this esports awards and I was like, listen, if it isn't that, then this is like one of the most fucking unbelievable disinformation <coughs> operations that's ever happened in uh, in in esports so obviously i've got my views about this um it's it, it's a tough topic to kind of talk about because on the one hand right with the brazilian uh, contribution to counter-strike you know legendary teams legendary players by the way around... totally legit angle i think to judge yeah. what i have majors it's one of the reasons i've always pushed for denmark for example i don't have any love yeah. for denmark the country but just look mm. at what they've added to counter-strike so uh, by the way on that grounds i'm totally with you yeah and you know I, I remember being on record during an interview it must have been about 2015 or maybe even 2014 where i was like saying the next big frontier for esports is going to be south america you know obviously gaming in asia is 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 one thing but the for, for counter-strike especially what we needed was infrastructure in in these countries because there was a lot of like small organizations that were essentially corrupt and were taking money and, and promising to do things and then not de not delivering and there was organizations that were signing players to ridiculous contracts which of course we still see in brazilian counter-strike now um you know, but Brazil was going to be the like little beacon in South America that was going to be more advanced than, you know, the rest of it in terms of esports development. And here we are now talking about having a major there after we've had a number of, you know, I would say successful tournaments in various Br Brazilian cities. Um, so the idea, and, and listen, we say this all the time, we're going to talk about some of the issues that have happened with fans. And obviously it is the minority, but it still cannot be ignored that at pretty much every major sporting event Brazil has, there is an incident of some sort. Um, and I saw an, Just I, I the saw fact, something... by the way, that people keep trying to downplay it and pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah, I know. Because here's the thing. Do you imagine if in the UK some of that stuff happened to a, a fucking pro players and fans and stuff, that everyone would just be cool with it? It'd get referenced forever, as it justifiably should. 
I mean, so th this is this is one of the things. It's like I, I in I, I saw it again uh, just at this event in China. So I'll, I'll link I'll link it to that. Sam, I don't know if you can find the clip. I think I retweeted it out. I think Rivalry put it. I, out I know as what well. you're referring to it. Yeah. Yeah. So when Mouse Sports won, spoiler, uh, a fan just ran out from the fucking bleachers and got was able to get up on stage and stand next to the team holding a sign. Which, by the way, right? First of all. That in itself, because it, it's China, holding up a sign is dangerous. Could have said anything. Could have said free Hong Kong in Chinese. The players don't understand it. So they're there applauding. Well, let me tell you, they're getting fucking grilled by secret police afterwards. Maybe miss flights. Who fucking knows? Because that's just how China rolls. And then on top of that, guy could have had guy could have had a fucking bomb, a fucking gun, a fucking knife. Like it's, it, it was just surreal watching that happen. And obviously. 99.999 you know the, the majority of these times obviously it's nothing obviously it's just over exuberant fans but you know in and in, in, in football you see fans get on the pitch um and more often than not they just want to celebrate with the players sometimes a punch is thrown sometimes somebody's kicked and these these we we we're in a position where we know we have deficiencies in security we we 100 know this and yet that's still an area we cut corners on. We saw that incident with the blast in Russia where someone was able to blag backstage, get into the press area. And my major concern ahead of Brazil is that um, when you've seen, you know, like I've done, watched many MMA events where fighters are getting punched and kicked when they're coming down to the ring or incidents of violence that have happened at other sporting events or indeed what happened to Major, the in-game leader where he was spat on uh, as he was coming, coming to play a game. Um, I, I genuinely worry about the security here and... I, I I I haven't seen anything yet in esports that makes me think that worry is unfounded. Oh, as a general comment, it doesn't not doesn't have to just be about Brazil. Yeah, I I, I think yeah. esports security is a massive problem in practically every country. It's like I say, one of the reasons I already enjoy going to big events in the US anyway. I think their stadiums are by far the best of any that accommodate esports currently. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I particularly appreciate, I've often mentioned this, is that they give me the fucking pat down. I have to put all my shit through the scanner, yeah. and I, and the person, I like, I can't say to the person, "Come on, mate, I've got to go through." I'm a commentator. They don't know this guy who does that just event security for the event he knows nothing about counter-strike i like that if i have to get searched down at that i know no fans coming in with any shit and all in mm. theory you're setting some precautions up so i personally i think that's just as a general point one to be made anyway but then you add in i mean i'm sure you you we've referenced this many many times before but this is not an exaggeration guys literally i think it was within the last 30 years someone at some like brazilian or argentinian football game got their fucking head cut off the referee that happened. That, that was, wasn't yeah, that like was... a joke. That was a, probably a bigger event than an esports event. Yeah, that to be to be fair, that story it, it, it was a small local football game. I know no, that but story I mean, if you know the context of how much security there is at esports events, mate, like bit, the event you're just talking about now in China, anyone could have run up there. Oh yeah, sure, sure. It was essentially probably. no security, <laughs> you know. But um, but so so. Because ESL have been one of the previous uh, sinners, if you like, they're one of the people that fucked up last time there was I I instances over in um, Brazil. 
what happened was uh, that was when they told the players, like, listen, when you're in your hotel, just stay in your hotel. And and there was, like, people trying to get into the players' hotel rooms at night, banging on the door and keeping... And, and some of them were just keeping people awake so they were not refreshed for the, the game in the morning because they had to play, like, you know, MIBR. Pretty fucked up in itself. Yeah, which again it goes on. I mean, there was that famous thing that happened with Arsenal and Tottenham, where they went to a, they went to a curry house and they all got food poisoning uh, just before the big derby game. Which it, you know they went to a North London curry house. It's like super suspicious, you know. But whatever. Um, but uh, the, the, you know the, the reality there is what ESL pretty much said is you're kind of on your own. You, you, we're not going to help you. It's going to be a, 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 not a non-secure area, and you just must stay in your locked hotel rooms past a certain time at night and don't let anybody in. I think if you're telling players to do that, then you have to acknowledge that you haven't done your prep and uh, as a tournament organizer, and you're not you're not presenting a safe environment. So personally, <coughs> I'd like to just hear from ESL what's going to be different this time around. Um, or Valve, you know, just somebody just to put the, the, the mind at ease. Now, this also isn't to just make any general, generalities when talking about Brazil being a, a dangerous place or anything like that. But, you know, Rio is uh, essentially, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty dangerous city. Um, and listen, I'd have the same concerns because one of the things I always saw was going, huh, yeah, but don't you live in America where they have all their mass shootings and stuff like that? And it's like, yeah, I agree. I think security has to be absolutely paramount in America, which is why my arguments about the I by power event where they didn't do anything and a guy said, hey, I've, I've got a gun and just tweeted it out. That's why I went absolutely apoplectic about that as well, because they had metal detectors and security and just elected not to use them. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we absolutely, I think we've rode our luck for way too long. And I think if you're a Brazilian fan and you're listening to this criticism and you think it's tinged with some xenophobia or something like that, I would, I would ask you to think, and what should be a monumental event in Brazilian esports, Brazilian history, uh, you know, you're going to have Neymar there, you know, it's, it's going to be huge. Um, would you want some of your more over-exuberant elements of your fan base to fuck it up and give everybody the ammunition to say, well, let's never hold an event in Brazil again? So I think everybody should be very mindful about this. And, and unfortunately, for whatever reason... There's just been too many incidents in Brazilian sporting events for me to think this is a this is a safe, you know. Like put it this way: if I was offered, I wouldn't go. Personally, I would I would I would opt out one hundred percent. There isn't really any amount of money that could get me to risk it. This is one of the things that's so suspicious to me, right? Is when everyone uses the angle of well, it's just a small amount of people. Well, then you don't need to pretend it's not a thing. You can just say mm -hmm. it's a small amount of people. Admit it. But I'm sure you noticed this. If you even said Brazil is a dangerous country, an objectively provable statement by any metrics of what dangerous would mean, people will say either, no, it isn't, or as you just said there, they will draw an utterly false equivalence to something else. So it, just the fact that Brazilians, for some reason, feel the need to push back that none of it's true, just gaslight the fuck out here. That alone makes people, by the way, very, very nervous about the scenario that's going on here. If you guys owned it and just said, you know what? Yeah, there's some fucking idiots who do that. And in fact, there's a violent element. By the way, if you were clever, I'd go with the whole angle of, but since actually video games have never been shown to increase violence in the general populace, mm. maybe that isn't gamers actually, you know, 
you know, and you know what, guys, the people on the internet are just silly people making, that'd be a clever angle to go with, guys. You'd actually win us over in that regard. The fact you try to gaslight us, that it's as safe to be in like fucking Australia as it is in Brazil, you're never going to, you're never going to sell me on that. And in fact, I it think becomes sinister to me that you won't admit it. Yeah, I, I think I think the you know other thing that I, I have a little issue with is that in the in the sort of build up to this with this like really stupid fucking you know come to Brazil meme this fucking loser like Gaules or whatever his fucking name is like think about all of the people that he's essentially put in the crosshairs like when he took that deliberate out of context you know picture of uh, Sponge or Stunner you know Sponge Stunner and I can't remember who else it was on the desk Sean Gares that was it. And he took that picture out of context of them putting Furia in the trash can to make it look like they never, they didn't do it to every team as they got eliminated, and then dropped the whole come to Brazil angle. Well, good job, mate, because now you know uh, if Sean Ge Sean Gares was threatened, his uh, infant daughter was threatened, Sponge was threatened, Stunner was threatened. Um, so you, when when Bra members of the Brazil talent pool who undoubtedly will be included in a major, by the way. There'll be there'll be at least one or two of them. Um, you know, you you now have put a target on the back of the talent pool that you're going to be working alongside. So I, I, I that's unforgivable. And when considering they did that at a time when we'd all heard the rumors back then about there being a major in Brazil, it really shows how sort of like cut off they are from the wider like CS community that they think that kind of thing's acceptable. And they get to retreat to their stream, their little echo chamber where everyone tells them, no, actually, it's fine that, you know, your meme revolves around violence. It's fine to sort of antagonize uh, the element of the fan base that you know exists and weaponize them and point them towards people that you could very well be working with one day. So that really fucking uh, pissed me off. And I think, again, now you have to understand there are certain members of talent. I mean, obviously, me and you were the big two. Like, I literally would assume I would get, uh, like, one of us at least would be attacked if, if both of us attended. At a very uh, minimum, like, people would just shout stuff in our faces. And I don't care what any pleb on this stream thinks. I don't have to put up with that. So I yeah. won't. End of story. I don't give a fuck if no one would do it. I don't even want to live in a world where there's the implication. Because what the fuck have I ever done? What, saying jokes deserves that? That's where people, again, in the Brazilian community have failed categorically to win us over. Because what do you guys do when you hear that people get harassed on their Facebook? Some of you will even say it outright. Well, wouldn't happen if you hadn't talked shit. No, wrong answer. Wrong. Uh -uh. Wrong answer. That's like the fucking moron religious leaders where when that when those cartoonists got killed in Denmark for doing uh, uh, drawings of Muhammad, they literally said, not first and foremost, I decry all violence. It's never acceptable politically or religion. None of their first statement was essentially like that there's consequences yeah, blasphemy. To blasphemy. Is bad. Soon as you say that, you've outed yourself. That's where you're really at. Really, what you're saying is, well, I'll say it was the wrong thing, but secretly, you kind of deserve it, don't you? So, again, you've just set up a terrible sentiment. Like, here's the thing. I'm fine with memes, but let's be real. That meme only works along the joke of you'd get fucked up if you did come to Brazil. And then after that, you wonder why no one wants to come to Brazil. Remember, the problem here is I actually know talent, by the way, who don't want to go but they're going to have to because it's their job. That's what they do for their living. They don't have a side hustle like we do or aren't as lucky as me and you, Richard, where it is our side hustle to do events. Mm. And it's kind of a luxury at this point in our careers as to which ones we do. And hence 
unsurprisingly, pick the ones that seem pretty nice, pretty cool, without any unnecessary risks involved. So it's not as though I actually think someone would necessarily do it, but I don't even want to live in the world where there's 1% chance when I don't need to. It's only fucking money. Well, yeah, so it, it's like I say, I, I, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping for is that, like, uh, you know, because it, it shouldn't be required, but it, but I, I honestly think with the issues that we've seen, it sort of is. I'd like to see all of the talent that did shit like that prior to the major come out and renounce it. I'd like to see figureheads like Fallen and everyone say like, listen, let's fucking, let's make this the best major. You know, we've had it, we've By had a way, couple of bad ones, a couple of underwhelming ones. Behind the scenes, I will say this, because I think I've referenced it before. The MIBR guys behind the scenes, the ones that I know, do basically always tell me, like, listen, don't, like, just ignore people on the internet. Like, you should come to the event, you know, it'd be great. You know, you'd even probably, like, be surprised. People would probably be fans of yours if they met you in person, blah, blah, blah. And the sad thing is, mate, I even tell them, I've no doubt you're right. I bet 99% of people, you've got it completely bang on the head. It'd all just be fans. It was just stupid people memeing. But I tell you, yeah. they've just ruined it. They've ruined it for everyone. Yeah, Sorry. No, not, uh, no, but that, that, that's the issue, isn't it? It's always like a small, small amount. And and like I say, you know, you, I, when I think back to all the ridiculous like events we've had in CSGO, where things have sort of gone like too far, um, it's all, it, you know, there's always been this weird like Brazilian component to it. And it's just, you know, like that, that, that element of the fan base is, is so unreasonable that you need to, um, like, something ha it has to be addressed. You cannot just simply pretend that isn't a real I think thing. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because you know what? In the modern day, I love the fact that all the games journalists out there never report on this sort of thing. The number one insult that is directed to me oh, in yeah. English and in Portuguese by Brazilians is that I'm a homosexual and that that is a bad thing. Mm. That is the number one thing they say. Now, is that a yeah. meme, is it, guys? Is that funny? Is that funny to you guys now? I thought you were all woke and progressive. Is that funny? Is it that that's a meme? Yeah, I mean, dude, if I if I if I ever if I ever showed you the fucking some of the messages I had, like when I popped off at Gaulas that time for doing the whole fucking come to Brazil and and you know I like I, I tried to sit on that, but then it's like you know I know I know Sean Gares, I like Sean Gares, I'm happy for him. I'm and he isn't antagonizing anyone, despite no. what, what little joke involved, you know. So, so the idea you're going to post something horrific about his infant uh, daughter is like so beyond the pale of me. And I don't care if it's like just one or two bad eggs. Like the fact is, the people around those bad eggs are not fucking saying, "Wait, mate, like that is beyond the fucking pale." You know, we renounce it. No, it's just it's just another. You know, like that resulted in me getting like hundreds of messages for two days, all of which involved like threats, people holding up knives, people saying, if you come to Brazil, I'll kill you. It's like, guys, listen, you know what I mean? Like, you can't have it both ways. And by the way, I didn't even thought do you, want, do you want your place to be <coughs> seen as like a nice place to come and hold events? Or do you want it to be seen as a, a hotbed of hostility? decide because you're presenting the latter not the former i also hadn't even thought of this but there's another angle right based on the numbers of how many people they say societally break down as these people are gay and these people are straight mm. there are probably gay pro players that we don't know that play in yeah. the pro scene imagine yeah. being one of those players finding out there's one in brazil when you found out all this shit about 23 plus one and that they literally think every all humor revolves around you being gay apparently and that's a hilarious thing. Like, I wouldn't feel comfortable in that setting. No, no, it, it's, it, there's definitely, I mean, listen, 
to bring it back to to the more positive aspects, I think that in in terms of um, you look at Valve's remit of what they want to do, and they want to have like you know, geographical diversity, go to countries that have made stellar contributions to the game, have legendary teams, legendary figureheads. Help with the fucking margins of the event, that'll definitely help. Yeah, yeah, That's also positive. as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, huge positive in terms of being able to run an event on a budget. Um, you know, all of that, all of that ties in to make Brazil a prime location. But it does. Or they come get a ball of stadium or something, but a venue yeah. maybe. It does come with caveats. Now, like I say, obviously we're not going to go. I don't know which other talent will choose not to go, but I'll say this without naming names: there's definite concerns for some of them, um, and they've said, "I don't know, maybe I'm just not at the next major," and you'll notice them because they'll be conspicuous by their absence. And it's it's kind of like, why 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 are we in this like weird spot? You know, it's it's just like just seems crazy that everyone's so fucking hostile because they don't and you know people don't understand the the need for <coughs> entertainment and um, um, what what you what could be a, a legendary major like one of the best that we have could it, all it's gonna take is one incident and the whole thing's fucking spoiled. And I just, right now, with how esports is and how certain lunatic fan bases are, I don't have the confidence that we get through that major as is without special precautions, without one of those incidents. That's that's my gut feeling about it. But but regardless, you know, I'll be watching from, from a safe distance and I hope it goes really well. And I hope that the Brazilian fans get the major they deserve. The good Brazilian fans, obviously, the vast majority of them. I hope the Brazilian players get the um, major that they deserve. And obviously, I hope the fans all across the world get the major they deserve. I hope we get through it uh, incident-free. I really do. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, there was, we get to talk about another uh, one of our favorite topics, more derangement. Um... Anders, have you heard of him? Sadly. You ever heard of the guy called Anders? Nice guy, right? Yeah, you met you met Anders? Sure. You ever met him? Yeah, let me tell you, nice guy. Really nice dude. Done so much for the scene. Uh, was one of the guys that, you know, we used to cast all the games, didn't matter what time it was. If you had insomnia or you were an old man with a tiny bladder and you had to get up to do a pathetic wee in the middle of the night, you could then sit down wondering, God, how did I get so old and wretched and miserable and turn on your, turn on your monitor and, and there he was casting a game. There he was casting the game of, of, of Counter-Strike. Whatever the time, him and Semler cast in the game of Counter-Strike. Sometimes Anders just by himself. Um, so anyway, Anders is a guy that I think has, has done a, a lot for the community. Stuff you probably don't even know. Always giving Valve his feedback for free. He's been working on this Skybox project. He's done a lot for industry talent in terms of, um, you know, making sure that we get what we're owed. And uh, just a nice guy. Just a good human being. So Anders made a tweet. Um, where there was a DreamHack documentary that came out. And uh, all it was was just behind the scenes uh, with talent, you know. There's this. Let's have a look. I didn't think it was all that great. I watched it. But then again, it, it doesn't tell me anything new. You know, I know about the hotel rooms and life on the road. So maybe I was a little bit like, give a fuck, you know, because I've lived that life. But uh, he tweeted out what must have been a really hostile and egregious tweet. Uh, because he said, and I didn't read it that way, but he said, by the way, 
just as a reminder of what a sad place Global Offensive is. Instead of a cool community hub where things that add value get shared and discussed, it's mostly complaining and memes, and not even good memes. That DreamHack documentary had 10 upvotes and zero comments. So um, he then followed it up with, there is this saying in politics that the people get the government they deserve. Well, eventually that will be true of content in CS. It's already our biggest weakness, so support it when you see it, or all you will have are bad memes and complaining. So that, to me, seems a relatively reasonable assessment of the direction the CSGO subreddit has gone in. Uh, you know, if you look at the front page now, I'd probably say maybe 20% of the posts on the front page are in some way relevant to the broader framework within which the game exists. I believe at the time he made this tweet, there was a post mm. that was at the top that said, petition to make the bell on Infernal go ding, ding. Mm -hmm. That was at the top. Yeah, that was the very top one. So, yeah. you know, not that egregious a, a comment to make, really. But let's go ahead and go over to the experts and find out why fuck Anders the piece of shit. Yeah, let's let's definitely do that. So, uh, in the in the Reddit thread, and Sam, if you want to go through some of these um, unbelievable comments, uh, you can see that first of all, um, you know, the top comment that's voted is fairly reasonable, saying you've just got to wait for things to get upvoted. I honestly think if Anders hadn't mentioned it, it wouldn't have got upvoted. Uh, but then you scroll down. Um, that's also uh, not how Reddit works, by the way. Every no. single fucking, like, 10 minutes to half an hour to an hour that goes by, you have to get, like, almost exponential votes to upvote. So you're wrong, whoever said that. Like, you can't wait three hours yeah. and get a thing with 10 votes. At that point, it needs, like, a 1,000 votes to get what would have been the extra 10 in the first minute or something. That's the algorithm. So, we all know that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, there's this guy called Trolleybus is Real. The fact that mods have suspended accounts from people from my discord for literally nothing for correcting people and saying you must be like mad if you believe this and they've been permanently suspended and there's this guy called trolleybus is real on reddit who is literally fucking brain damaged and hasn't made a single good post that is based in reality uh at any point um it, it's it's mind-blowing to me that his account just is still allowed to exist this makes you wonder doesn't it red he, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a mod alt. It yeah, has to be the that. only explanation. But anyway, uh, he 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 actually posted. This is one post. 150 people net upvotes here. 150 net upvotes. Um, how is it good content? It's honestly borderline whether it belongs in the sub, considering it has nothing to do with the game itself. Why is this sub esports only? How is what casters do behind the stage <coughs> relevant content? He says the sub is shit, didn't say that, but then wants content that really isn't interesting to anyone that doesn't care about esports. Actually, not even esports itself, but the background of esports, which, by the way, you 80 IQ, educationally subnormal cunt, the background of esports is esports and relevant to esports. How you contradict yourself in the space of a sentence and not realize you've done it, that's always a sign when someone actually has a serious sort of impairment. I mean, can we also post a video about the private life of someone that makes skins? How about three clicks Philip on holiday? I mean, yeah, you fucking moron. That's that fine. would be relevant. C congratulations. You got there. Anyway... Somebody else, Souvenir Submarine, also upvoted heavily. 
Let's not pretend he isn't just butthurt about the video not being popular. This is Anders, of course. No ties to DreamHack beyond work. Classic mind-reading fallacy there. Yeah, yeah. And Anders replied, and he said, half my brain is yelling, for the love of God, don't reply, but that part never wins. Anyway, if I've given you the impression that I'm mostly here to keep myself in the spotlight, and that it's all somehow the Anders show, that if people don't talk about me, I'll be upset in some way, then I've failed in a pretty big way. Wouldn't it make a lot more sense for me to play this card if it was my own content, and I had a financial incentive tied, tied to it in some way? That was heavily downvoted. It's just been sort of corrected. It sits at three. Somebody replies, maybe you could try not attacking the subreddit. This is, are you a walrus? Do, do, like, what is this subreddit camaraderie that's going on? It's a forum. You're not a family. You're not a community. You're a group of morons that have clustered together in a dark recess on the internet. On a, on a, on a website that rewards consensus, no matter how moronic. And you care about it because that company decided all it takes to manipulate you is put a number next to your name that goes up if people say, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's you know, how I, fucking I, dumb you all are. I made a way. joke that way. I made this joke already, uh, paraphrased it for games journalists, but the same applies here. What I love about this scenario here is it's like people who get mad at fan logic tweets. Like anyone who's like an intelligent person who sees a fan logic tweet by me and they think, well, I don't think that, just goes, that must be one of those stupid fans, not me, yeah. I'm a cool fan. So uh, the joke goes like this, right? The CSGO subreddit with the way they reacted is like the joke about the guy who shouted, hey, asshole, a group of bikers, and everyone turned around. Mm. Yeah, I know. That's you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zelper. Mate, your entire tweet reeks of baby rage. I love it when people insert the name of the Twitch emotes into sentences. Big fan of that. Um, definitely shows that you've got a handle on reality. That's a fucking and, poggers, mate. I know. That's a yeah, pog that's champ, poggers. champ. Pog champ. Ooh, kappa, kappa. Like, yeah. <laughs> Get me the sign, scream just fucking bad, man. Yeah. Uh... Mate, your entire tweet reeks of baby rage about not getting the attention you believe your you or the talent deserves. They always read already, fucking minds every time I always. And already pointed out it was up for 40 minutes before you made it. Not having a financial incentive does not preclude ego stroking. Talent may have an incredibly hard job, but it's also an incredibly privileged job that an endless amount of people would love to do. My suggestion, by the way, Zelper, if you're somebody who wants to actually become talent and would love to do it, why don't you, instead of just being a fucking Reddit pleb, why don't you actually hone some skills, get good enough to get employed in that field? Kind of seems like a reasonable thing to suggest. But instead, you sit there on your anonymous Reddit account, reading the minds of people who are just better than you. The end. Um... Talent gets deified so much by fans that I think sometimes it leads you guys to lack humility, said the arrogant Redditor demanding that Anders give a mea culpa for expressing an opinion on Twitter. Somebody who has literally done more for the game you are obsessed with than anybody else. Then he, then Anders just said, there's no really way I can defend myself against that charge. I'm trying to get attention. Um, if I give off that vibe, I'm doing a terrible job. And then Zelpa says, dude, there's a huge difference between tweeting out, hey, check out this awesome video done by DreamHack. A lot of time and effort went into it, and we'd love you to watch it. And the CSGO subreddit is a sad place. It doesn't appreciate good content. He's making right, his point for him, though, by the way, there. You're yeah. making his point for him, you daft cunt. 
Yeah. So yes, you're up. You're absolutely. You're absolutely correct. There's a huge difference. Almost as if they were different opinions that required a different set of words to express them. Um. Anyway, there were some of the belters. I won't dwell too much on this. Trolleybus is real. Comes back in and says, "You have a financial incentive that this sub is mainly about esports and promoting events." Also, both it absolutely doesn't, by the way. Uh, also, both the video and your tweet have been allowed as a post here. Just shows there is a double standard. I, I don't know what that double standard is or what he means. Uh, it's not really relevant content and is basically an advertisement. So, it, when you when you go through all of these comments, and I don't want to take up the whole show because I could literally read every stupid, abusive comment towards Anders here, and we do another hour on the material, uh, including Souvenir Submarine again. Am I expected to care about behind-the-scenes stuff? Sorry, Anders, I don't give a damn. No one's saying you have to. That wasn't the point. Um, in my opinion, Anders just doesn't even want to think about the possibility. Most people don't give a damn about the talent's life. With a reply, yeah, know your fucking audience. Holy shit. Somebody replied with, who the fuck is Anders? That was a good one. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, what yeah. do you mean? Uh, the voice of the game, you daft guy. By the way, what have again, you been Z-Long, watching? Who the Obvi- fuck is obviously Anders? Obviously, we're talking about a very small percentage of people. Well, by the way, you know that saying, this is why we can't have nice things. I'll paraphrase it. This is why you will never see real interaction from figures who are in the community on Reddit. Like, you know, sometimes people do tweets and they're like, why don't they just come in Reddit and discuss it if they're getting mad at Reddit comments? Because in Reddit, we get downvoted by you fucking morons. In Reddit, we get people who just do that, just tag on with abuse. Like, one of the reasons why I, if I go on Reddit, by the way, the first thing I do, every comment I make, after pressing reply, I click disable comments. And then I never check my DMs on Reddit. Because, by the way, if I even post a comment on Reddit, I have mentally ill people who will just send me DMs full of ridiculous shit. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, well, sure. And if I, like, reply, like, say there was a thread, like, oh, Kenny S, you know, nominated for Player of the Year. And I was like, great, great to see Kenny uh, acknowledged one of the great snipers. Every now and then, they'll just be what a random What about They'll just be a random person will reply, by the way, with a completely, like, apropos of nothing remark. Like, fuck you, how dare you sit? Like, no, something like that has nothing even to do with the discussion. Like, again, these are the people who ruin it for everyone. Like, I remember back in the day when people like me and you were on forums. That's where we used to go. To, there was no Twitter. Like, we used, to, we used to be part of the community. We used to just have discussions. We'd actually, like, as opposed to just being on a talk show here, we'd do that on the forum somewhere about the latest topic. We can't do that anymore now because it just becomes, like, the diminishing returns are ridiculous at this point in time. Mm. You get so little out of it. Even when people want to discuss with you. The modern generation can't discuss. They think Reddit is actually a competition. That's what's so yeah. mad. They think they're on camera. If I want to, you know, the saddest thing, most people who send me like abusive messages that are actually based around a point, as in they'd say like, well, you fucking idiot. I think this player's better. Clearly desperately want to have a conversation with me about it. They'd love to hash it out. They'd love probably to get on a discord. It'll never happen though, because the attitude they're taking precludes the any possibility it could ever happen. Ever. Like these people don't even know the basic civil, like, like social aspects of civility that would allow and facilitate discussion. So like, it's sad because I'm sure some of these people beyond their frustration, just want to be part of the community. Just what they probably actually want to have a discussion with Anders there. They've ruined it for themselves. Cause as you've seen, one of the only talent who would have replied like that is just scared away immediately. I only comment on Reddit, by the way, to keep my ratio up. I'll tell you right now. I don't give a fuck about a single one of you. 
You know, if you choose not watching content, I'll, you know what? Downvote my comment. I've got 200,000 camera on Reddit, you daft cunts. And every video I post gets me more. Go ahead and see if you can get me down from 200k. I dare you. <laughs> Who the fuck am I? God of Reddit. There you go. Right. No, sorry. I'm not actually. I'm sorry, Richard. That, that would be a lie. I'm not actually a moderator. So. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, Salisarian. Egos running wild in these talents' minds. Ha There's no egos in talents' minds. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. So for, but I mean, as if, as if that's the example you would go to to make that point. Um, Sofa Kingdom. How narcissistic is this guy? Why are casual CS fans didn't vote a 20-minute documentary about our lives? Why I'm so important? I deserve to be on the front page. Why? The King of Fapland said, yep, the entitlement is unbelievable. Uh, and then somebody waited in and went, I can't stand his commentary either, by the way. His <laughs> one line is, are you kidding me? And it went wild and stuck with fans. And he uses it artificially as much as he possibly can. And it just really puts me off now because his hype is artificial. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite part about that again, Richard. Yeah is that person must live in a bubble that doesn't ever encounter sports. I'll give you a reason why. What, right? One of my all-time favorite NFL commentators was that guy. I think his name was Brian Gomble, right? Because he had just an amazing voice for casting, right? And what he would always say on every single player, by the way, was like this. It would be like, Favre goes back. And he has his man. And, and he has his man meant that the guy caught the ball wide receiver, right? He said that on every player ever. Anders doesn't even do that on every round. And by the way, it was straight fire when the Brian Gumbel guy did it. It was, was fucking banging. Um, and then, if you jump across to the thread with the documentary in, every comment was, I'm upvoting this because Anders told me to. I'm upvoting this because Anders told oh, me to. I'm upvoting this because Anders told me to. It was just, just, you know, hundreds of that. You can't it win either way then. <laughs> no, it, it then, it, it then uh, did indeed, as Anders put it, escalated uh, pretty badly. Um, I'll just show you uh, again if people think, um, you know, that uh, there's something not rotten at the heart of fandoms. That basically if you're in a fandom, you uh, have something like fundamentally wrong with you, I would say. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's why I don't um, choose to, uh, uh, you know, engage either now. Uh, but he, he actually received a threat. Uh, well, it wasn't even a threat, sorry. That's that's a misrepresentation. Uh, it was just somebody saying, I'm trying to find a tweet. I wonder it's if just about the most horrible things you could have said in a, in one sentence. Oh, yeah, somebody guy. somebody basically DM'd him, um, a CS player, basically DM'd him, like one of those low-level ones grinding through fucking ESEA, basically saying, I hope your kid dies. Um, and he tweeted out and said, "These th th this has escalated quickly. That was off the back, by the way. Of Anders simply saying he'd like to see better better content on the subreddit. Um, so listen, even if even if it was a terrible take and was tinged a little bit with ego and or self interest, given everything else he's done, you see what a normal person would do is go, yeah, I don't really agree with that, but fuck it, it's Anders, you know, he gets one right. But obviously we can't do that, can we? It's it's the just joy of social media. People have nothing going on in their lives, 
and they're like, well, this is great. I get to dogpile Anders today. Wait, isn't Anders the good guy that's done all that stuff for the scene? Doesn't matter. My life's fucking meaningless and un uninteresting. So now I get to dogpile somebody who I actually look up to. And it's some weird kind of fucking insane, intense, homoerotic, self-loathing <laughs> orgy. You know, where I, I'm like, oh, what the fuck you so bad at this. But I hate you for it. I hate you for it. I'm just to destroy you. Making me want to fuck you. fucking bitch. Yeah, making me want to fuck you. Exactly. Like, just some mad... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like these people are so fucking broken, and social media just amplifies. By the way, as a quick addendum, though, they are. there was yeah. one positive came out of that guy sending Anders that really fucked up message, which was mm. that a lot of us just went and looked at that guy's Twitter account, and there was some humour that came out of it, boys. Because listen, when you went back a few posts on his page, his Twitter timeline, right? Oh, FM yeah. porn. Famous creator of the map DE Cash was doing some sort of like a giveaway, and the question to win Richard was like, What's the best map ever? And this cunt replied, Mirage. <laughs> Even though, for anyone on any basic level of socially normal functioning, it was quite clearly a rigged question where the creator of DE Cash wanted you to say de cash <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't win and this guy actually tried to enter the contest by saying mirage <laughs> good luck to him brain i hope dead. you won that's unbelievable isn't it? that's actually amazing yeah, that's amazing dead. um so yeah it's it, it's just uh like really fucking confusing to me sometimes it's like listen i don't even necessarily uh share Anders sentiment i think i think that the content that makes it to the front page, it probably is more skewed towards just nonsense and gibberish. And, you know, every every month you'll get a thread where it's like just some guy going, and the game is infested with cheaters. I have 20 hours and I am the authority on who, edit, who is cheating and who isn't. And, it's like, and everyone upvotes it for a fucking pity party, you know. But in, in general, I, I think um, considering we've got a pretty big <laughs> esports scene and a very active and popular game, the blend is, you know, it's not that bad compared to some other subreddits you know if you look at like again league of legends is like the worst run big subreddit on the website with no oh, i'll say it, by the way politics I, and by the way dota dota 2 is famous for no content getting fucking anywhere near the front page. like i always oh, say yeah. this dota 2 huge game millions and millions of dollars where the fuck are the big journalists yeah Where's the giant figure in Dota who's a famous journalist? They don't exist, by the way. Literally don't exist because their community does not appreciate content at all. So I'd agree with you. It's definitely not the worst. I, it's just more along the lines of, like you said, I would say generally the sort of thread that will get to the top that will annoy someone who likes esports is just the very, very casual. Like the one you just said before, like the game's full of cheaters. That that will hit the lowest common denominator for obvious reasons because anyone who's yeah. played matchmaking has met a cheater before. So it's a very easy water cooler topic, isn't it? Whereas as whereas like the one area those other people are vaguely writing is I could understand why a lot of the casual fans don't give a fuck about DreamHack and anyone behind the scenes. It's just mm. that Anders' point is obviously a, a reasonable one, which is, I mean, basically, if I rephrase Anders' point, it, it is just like, it's a shame people don't support content that I consider good. No, but, it's, but this, this is the other thing, right? It's like, okay, you're getting to that stage now, guys, where we're starting to see a trend, okay? Semler, you didn't just drive him off Reddit. You drove him out of commentary. Like, not entirely. It's not all on you because you're not that important. But the constant hate he got, which was ridiculous, um, the constant false critique and the echo chamber repetition of nonsensical critique that didn't hold up 
um, basically was a big factor in him deciding to go and do something else. And obviously him and Anders obviously like you know, split their partnership as well, which is another big factor. But then we've had, like you say, you you don't want to engage. You're the, you're there to use Reddit for the only thing it, it the only purpose it serves for any content creator, and that's not good and healthy discussion. It is be we we just walk a line where we've got to be fucking nice enough to get your clicks. That's about it. That's the reality. Because if you're on that fucking website, you, you, all all you give a fuck about is like the next big mob, the consensus. I mean, forget how many times Reddit has done a fucking witch hunt just site wide, and it's been completely wrong and without foundation. Because consensus is all that fucking matters, and the the people that drive that fucking ire are never around to apologise for it. They're never banned from the website. They're never penalised in any way. They just sit there on this fake big number. And then they make out like, oh, fuck it, you know, like, actually, that's fine. I'll be around for the next one. Um, and there's just so many pathetic people that barely function as human beings. Like, you know, the, the karma farmers, like Gallo Boob and people like this. And you're like, fucking hell, like, what is your life? Like, but, um, you've, you know, you've, you've fucked over Semler. Um, Sponge deleted his account. He's not coming back. Red Eye deleted his account. He's not coming back. You know, how many, how many, like, do you ever want to interact with these people that like you supposedly like so much and give you so much in terms of what they bring to the table for the game, for the community? If you, or, or are you just going to fucking, every time they tweet something you disagree with, try and stir up a hate mob that invariably always will attract the fucking nutters that want to say shit like, yeah, your kid deserves to die. That's what you're actually party to. When you light that fucking torch paper on, on Reddit, that's where it will go to. People getting doxxed, people getting death threats, people's kids being brought into it. It's happened to me. It happened to me with League every time. I had to delete my fucking account. Fucking, I, I you know, people doxxed uh, my fucking uh, postcode when I lived in Birmingham. And it was like, there was only a couple of, a, there was only like three or four blocks of apartments it could be. That was that SRS group were trying to get me fucking murdered. So... You know, if, if that's how you want to play it with talent, like, don't ever fucking turn around and then say, like, oh, God, these guys are so arrogant. They just use us for clicks. They do. No, because interaction is like a two-way thing. You don't just fucking, Anders is nice, Anders is nice, Anders is nice, Anders is nice, Anders is nice. He's tweeted something I disagree with. Fuck that, Anders! You don't, you, that is not normal behavior. That means you've got something wrong with you if you ever, if you ever react like that. Um, if you can't just accept somebody can be holistically good and occasionally have an opinion you disagree with, or indeed maybe even a bad opinion, uh, you're, you're mentally fucked in some way. So just putting that out there, what happened to Anders was a fucking disgrace. It's one of the, again, there's always a new low for the community. Like I thought with Sponge and the stealing opinion thing, I thought that was going to be it. But they'll just continually race the rock bottom. I'll say as well, by the way, th even though they're not directly the ones doing this, the mods are complicit in this behavior. Because as, as, as you outlined oh, earlier, I've seen Why this happen. This a witch hunt? And this is a great example of where the mods go out of their way to be the corrupt prison guard turning the other way while you get jumped on the fucking yard. I've seen yeah. people who only make outrageously negative comments, including yeah. non-stop fabrications repeated in thread mm -hmm. after thread after thread, not pertinent to the topic. And what I've, what's funny is I've seen times where you'll get someone who tries to be like a vigilante against them, right? And they'll say, oh, this person just comes along in every thread. And they start like listing all the times that guy's just said negative comments. Pete, the mods delete that guy's comment because their logic is like, oh, he's harassing them. 
Think about how yeah. fucked that is. So the original yeah. person can make as many negative comments as they want 24-7. Not relevant. Remember, a mod's only job is to remove irrelevant content and abuse. Yeah. That's your only job. And they can ignore that. But then when someone basically tries to say, hey, well, let's hold these people accountable, then that person's comment gets deleted. That's where, by the way, it becomes obvious that there are sock puppet accounts. And by the way, for anyone who thinks, oh, they've gone off the deep end now, they're bloody conspiracy theories. Literally, there was a civil war among League of Legends moderators where yeah. to up the stakes while fucking with each other, they stupidly outed that they were all using fucking sock puppet accounts, running wild, doing exactly what you guys would claim would be conspiracy behavior. Like, oh, so you think anyone who just agrees with them? No, literally those accounts that agreed with them were their sock puppet accounts. That, like, and they had that they, just they, they, the best part. So. they didn't just have like one alt, like one sock puppet account. They literally had multiple sock puppet accounts each, and they were all talking to each other, knowing that they were each other's sock puppet accounts. <laughs> it's fucking honestly like Reddit. This is something about the class of person that that job oh, attracts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's so mental. And they were doing it to basically change shape conversation. So if anybody who came in and said, I think the moderation's bad, they'd delete that comment, and then they'd post on a sock public account going, what else are moderators supposed to do? I think they're doing a good job under the circumstances. <laughs> and it would be another moderator's account, and then a moderator on another sock public would reply to that one, saying, yeah, I know, that this sub's so unreasonable sometimes. And then the moderator who ran one of the two sock puppets that started that conversation would log back into the moderator account, and then reply with the moderator account going, thanks for your support. It's you, you fucking daft cunts! You're replying to yourself, saying thanks for your support, and you haven't had a fucking moment where you're gonna go actually am i fucking mental you're not even gonna have that conversation it's like the most yourself. rubbish version of fight club ever oh, i know exactly yeah instead of tyler durden who fucking fights like you want to fight fucks how you want to fucking lives how you want to live it's just a, it's not you don't even have moderator powers in your fantasy you're fucking absolute spoon it's ridiculous anyway fuck reddit fuck anyone that said anything bad about anders you're all cunts you're all fucking cunts, officially. And Trolleybus is real. Uh, seriously, guys. That guy, the, the mods are just a lot. It's actually bad that they're enabling him. It's not good. He's not said one thing that's factually accurate or sensible in the entirety of his account's existence. It's ridiculous. It was like, it was like when that Rusty James guy was obsessed with me. Remember that guy? Rusty James with a five instead of an S. Like, honestly, these people walk among us, dude. And, and Reddit's not good for them. Right, let's talk about uh, the event. Uh, or in their case, is... a shit version of Joker. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Except at the end, they just downvote someone, and that's their big statement. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like literally, they, they, they're, they're oh, hovering yeah, over the... around. <laughs> yeah, they're hovering over the downvote button. Like, <laughs> you get what you fucking deserve! Like fuck off, you absolute morons! Like, right. Anyway, uh, that, there we go. That that's right, something that for the future. The, uh, best of clips. First hour of hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done it now. Now we'll talk about some Counter Strike. I reckon. Uh, okay, so um, we obviously had the uh, CS:GO Asia Championships. Uh, pretty pretty decent field. Um, it was, it was a lot of interesting <coughs> teams. At this one, including two Chinese teams, uh, Vici and uh, Tai Lu. Uh, let's just start picking some storylines uh, out of here. So G2, 
Um, G2 are a team that we've been talking about, you know, <coughs> hey, they got this fucking, they got this, uh, you know, interesting team, you know, they, they've took a big risk. It seemed to be working initially. They had a big lift. They had some decent results, some decent runs. Now they've started to fall a bit flat at some of these tournaments, and most notably here. On day one, and listen, by the way, I do think having to go and play Chinese teams in China it's always <laughs> i've got my own theories about it think, it's a lot harder than people think i can oh, tell you that yeah. all throughout cs history no joke the yeah. best teams exactly. in the world are in china and taking that fucking l and then the, all i'll tell you is this i know a lot of them are like i don't get it because then a month later i played them in europe and i'm and i smashed them and it's like well yeah. you know what one of those mysteries that we'll never be able to know what happens yeah so it, it but it, it used to happen all the way back to 1.6 I, rem I remember fucking um tyloo and uh you know beating like fanatic when they were like the best team in the world you know in, in china in 1.6 so but whatever anyway so they they got two zeroed um on uh, on the first day by tyloo uh and, and it was interesting because they they did better on tyloo's pick than they did on dust two they actually got beat by tyloo on dust two which is like mind-blowing to me that that happened it was a it was a 16 10 and then because of that result g2 then had to play evil geniuses because evil geniuses fucked up on day one as well which we'll come to in a second and that was a pretty good series uh in terms of just it went the full three maps but it was like one team dominated the next team dominated and then overpass was poised to be something special and that really fell short uh, it didn't deliver. It was um, very comprehensive in favor of evil geniuses. So G two kind of crapped out here. Um, like, how do we how do we feel like where they're at right now in terms of you know they've had some disappointing finishes at the last few tournaments and and it does feel they've kind of regressed a little bit from where they actually were when they got that initial boost when they brought the players in. Uh, well, one thing I'll say about this tournament that I thought was interesting, as you said, the field was very interesting because first of all, it's a mixed bag. You had world mm -hmm. contenders, your teams just below that, your teams below. And what's cool, I think, about the way this event came is just that they got lucky with the timing where nearly every team in the tournament outside of the Chinese teams pretty much had to try and win the tournament. Like, it was so big mm -hmm. for all of them. Like, G2 needs a win fucking desperately. EG needs to prove they can beat all the scrubs. Mouse has done fuck off rages. A Vanguard don't seem legit. After, you know, every team basically had to kind of perform and obviously only a few of them can of the field so g2 was certainly one of those teams that needed a big result here against this field and so going out dead last especially in a group with ty Lu, a team that at other tournaments can be a free win that is fucking really really concerning because when i first saw this g2 team this is the problem with potential i always say i hate potential because like potential is just something that could happen that has not happened yet so yeah. the problem i have with this lineup is they look similar to when they first formed the lineup. But when they first formed the lineup, your, your your perspective is skewed by the fact that you're like, well, give them time. You know, they're working in people with different languages. They're setting all this stuff up. The problem is I've seen enough lands and enough games now that this isn't like a team that's like, like the players in the team seem to be okay. I don't have any problem with most of the players individually, but they don't seem to be a very good team. And the issue I have is with, with the scenario with Shocks leaving and they didn't really have many options of someone to pick up, I don't even necessarily think they made the wrong pickups. Like, it was worth a crack. It's just, unfortunately, that like the notion this G2 team's ever going to approach top five stairs seems functionally impossible to me. 
Like they just don't have it anywhere. They don't have the map pool. They don't have the team play. They don't seem that tactical. The players all play individually okay, but that isn't enough in Counter Strike anymore. Like just yeah. having fraggers, that it's not going to do it, especially because they it's not like their fraggers are fucking simple and equal and the others that really can sort of skew the game. So my flaw with them is they're just an okay team. And I, and after seeing this, I don't see what would change, quite frankly. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 it's it was such a big commitment when they when they um you know brought these players in that you had to give it time but it also kind of felt there was like there's no real way there's no like obvious solutions if this doesn't work there's no way back because you've already said we're kind of transitioning away from the french stuff and the french scene <coughs> um but also as well you've got these serbian players that you know haven't had a lot of professional experience themselves probably don't know what kind of players they'd like to uh play with and and who they feel could improve the team at the expense of you know a Jax or or an Amanek or a Kenny S so it this sort of it kind of felt like it had to work but uh you know going out to China it's always tough Chinese team on day one um but I'm I'm gonna start sticking the boot in if they fuck up at the next tournament I think I think that's when I'm really gonna sort of give up on them uh evil geniuses they, they were another team that kind of had a, an interesting uh, time of it out there. They obviously, as we said, they beat G2, but they did lose to MIBR 2-0 on the first day, which I was like really, really surprised by. And eventually got knocked out by the uh, tournament winners, Mouse Sports, which again, 2-0, was very surprised by that. But I do want to just point out, there's this weird trend now with, with Evil Geniuses. It kind of feels like every other tournament, they have a stinker, and 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 typically on the first day, they just make things so hard for themselves that by the time they course correct later in the tournament, they can't fix it. And I, I, I don't understand what's going on there, honestly, because you would think by now this team would be like, you know, mentally strong, well-drilled, they've got all the support network around them, you know, coaches, analysts, very good in-game leaders, solid lineup, they're at a big new organization. And yet, whenever they sort of have to travel, you know, uh, to, to another part of the world, like a long distance, they don't seem to hit the ground running on, on day one. And I can't quite put my finger on it, but it, it's it's very reminiscent, actually, like how the French teams used to be. You remember, like, Envy or whatever. You know, if they their first day, they would play those awful matches at, like, you know, the 9 a.m.s and the 10 a.m.s. And uh, they, would, they would just always fuck those games up and then come back in the tournament. <coughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, and I don't want to you know in in uh, sort of invoke the whole jet lag excuse but i i i'm really can't understand what's going on evil geniuses should be beating mibr any any day of the week oh absolutely i mean let's face it all these teams mm. mouse sports yeah. mibr g2 like all these teams should be fodder for eg like the, the crazy thing about eg I had is them getting to the final in this you know remember I, this I is the team yeah. that is literally fucking astralis up every time they face them but against every other team looks half as good. It's it's craziness. Like even Fnatic plays EG closer than Astralis does. So I, I don't know what it is entirely. Like I, I've got a few theories. They're mainly just theory craft stuff. Like for example, they definitely do opt into way too many Dust 2s and Inferno, the two most played maps in the fucking mm -hmm. scene that every team plays. So as a result, guess what? If you're a team that wants to brawl and you want to play those two maps against everyone, you're going to take a lot of Ls, even if you're the better team. Like it's just the way nature of the world. Like for a team that plays maps like Nuke and Train, why, are, why aren't they flexing into these more against the teams that have the questionable map pools? Like if I'm playing the G2s of the world, 
I'm going to go into and, and to my BRs. I'm going to force them into the part of the map pool they don't like because I'm better than them. I feel like sometimes this team, it's they just opt into basically like a fist fight in a phone box and anyone can lose one of those, mate. You have to just be that much stronger <laughs> and better than the guy in that scenario. I've so, never had one. <laughs> sounds like, like in that no, scenario, let me, let me try it. Like basically, yeah, that's that's half my problem. Because one of the things I've noticed, by the way, is listen, yeah, it's obviously a very obvious statement to make that if a superstar player for a team plays badly, you're probably not going to win, right? But mm. this team takes it a step further. Anytime Breezy has a bad game, they just can't win, mate. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like they yeah. barely can get over this. Like he is that fundamental somehow to their game. I'd love one of the people who does those videos the way they break down all the stuff to see what it is that people are doing against him or whether it's just him having a bad game. Because as much as they're a very skilled lineup and all of them could be the MVP, one guy has to also be online with the others. Otherwise, it doesn't happen for me. So I'll add yeah. that in as well. And 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 then finally, they are pretty inexperienced as a team. Obviously, they're much younger than the others. So. I agree. It's very, very worrying because I've never seen a team that was this good that could also be this bad. Like that's mm. very rare. Usually, you know, like if your ceiling is B number one in the world, which is the ceiling for this team, the fucking basement isn't like lose to anyone. <laughs> it's like lose to maybe the top six or something, you know, like or a very rare scenario where one person's your kryptonite. Think about who this team's lost to like Greyhound, Ty Lue, MIB. Fucking hell. It's craziness. Yeah. Yeah, well, it definitely is considering how high up in the rankings they are. They definitely have some like weird fucking Achilles heel, like when it comes to, as I said, it. it but it as you said, they could go and blast the next event for we know. They oh, could no, go they probably everyone. will. They probably will. They'll probably, they absolutely probably will. Um, it, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Again, I don't think there's any any reason to hit the panic button. No, no, it's but just I weird. Do, yeah, but 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 I do think you know when you consider you know the 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 rankings and how things are right now. You know, evil geniuses should be kicking on and winning this tournament. This would have put them back number one as well. This is the, yeah, that's another exactly. that's one thing I said when I was on the show actually, which is I tried to stress to Red Eye like the main emphasis for me with EG's failure here is not like the idea that like like for example, none of the teams that won this that placed higher than this event are better than them. Let's be real. Mm. But the problem is this: that's the point. This event was never about the other teams for EG. This event was about going along, and if anything, picking up a win. People would go, "Does that one really count? Oh, why does that make you number yeah, one in the ranking?" Yeah. But that's the point. When Astralis isn't there, you got to pick up those events, mate. Because guess what? You might not always beat them. They might meet you at the next event. So the part of the game of getting number one in the rankings isn't any, anyone who follows tennis knows this. It's not about directly beating your rival. It's also about picking up the gimmies because he's going to pick yeah. up all his gimmies. Yeah, no, it, it, it's reminiscent of when Astralis was in the Blastralis phase and Liquid, you know, they, they had a couple of second places. Absolutely. And, and it's like, you gotta you got to get those. By the way, you doesn't this now prove... Point? how silly people were to totally downplay those victories. Like, oh, it's just because there was no Astralis. They still beat everyone else. Still took care of business every fucking time. Still defended every title, even if there was no Astralis. It's hard to do that. People don't realise it's hard to win tournaments full stop. Never mind, like, oh, just because the best teams are missing, you won the event. Doesn't matter, mate. Go watch some of these tournaments. Like, I always say this. Go watch, like, a DreamHack Open. The team that you think will win, the most strongest on paper almost never wins. The amount of times it's like the fourth best team on paper wins the event. It's really hard to win Counter-Strike events no matter what level you're at. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, they'll, they'll, they'll bounce back, probably win the next tournament, place your bets. Uh, let's talk about uh, Ty Lu. I, I think we've got to give them, you know, a little bit of attention because they had a pretty fucking good run. You know, they 2-0 G2, they 2-0 MIBR. They uh, then obviously are in the later stages of the tournament. They get a day off. 
they uh, then play uh, Mouse Sports in the sort of uh, semifinals, and they take a map off them. That series was immense. I mean, and they had them know, at champ, and they had them at match yeah, point as well. Had them at match point exactly uh, with just a, a masterclass in sort of uh, guts and tenacity from from Mouse Sports. But I mean, and then even the final map went to sixteen fourteen. It doesn't get more dramatic than that, really, for Tai Lu. And honestly, they they probably could have nicked it and been in the final. Uh, what would have happened then? Who knows? But I, I do want to say, I do think it's strange that this is the Tai Lu lineup that kind of is the one that's looking good at tournaments like this. Uh, ben Tet, I think, was like really good over the course of the tournament, and a lot of people were giving him uh, some props. But Summer in the Mouse Sports uh, series was fucking insane. Was I mean, monster. like, best. Yeah, just best player on the server, like, hands down. 80 kills across three maps. It, it's fucking absolutely ridiculous. Um, so what do we make of these guys? Is this just, like, hometown heroes? Everything's good for them. You know, they're, they're comfortably linguistically. Obviously, everyone's given them preferential treatment, so they were able to kind of get a few upsets. Or is this a legitimate kind of you know, start of Tai Lu, getting back to where they were, I kind of want to say almost like two years ago, where they could go to international tournaments and fuck people up. One thing that was interesting about this tournament is it reminded me of the rare exceptions to my theory that I usually think the whole thing about like home crowd. I've always said, I don't think, that, I think it's like the NFL. It's not that the home crowd helps you. It's that they can fuck with your opponent and they can make that guy feel pressured exactly. or like everyone's, yeah. you know, knee course tilted, etc. But the two areas, the two regions I've noticed do seem to actually benefit from the home crowd is mainly China and North America, at least North America in the past before they had legit world-class teams. And only in this sense, like it, it's not that it will always help you, but I've noticed NA and Chinese players when they play in front of their home crowd, when they're winning and they're front running, they then sort of like play for the crowd almost. They then try to like snowball the game completely. They try to do even more. So in this particular case, when the Tai Lu guys were, for example, were leading against Mouse Sports on Inferno, they were just trying like ridiculous players at that point in time, like players that like a normal team wouldn't do. You'd just like play the numbers out and try and win your advantage. No, they were like trying to be even more aggressive or push up mm -hmm. on an eco or something. And the thing is when it was working, it was clearly fucking with the opponent because the whole thing was like, wait, but they're already winning and they're just sort of showboating. And then then that works and then they're styling on us. And then that was actually fucking, I think, with people like Mouse Sports and people were kind of getting that thing where it's like, how am I losing to this team? This doesn't make sense. And that that obviously can put you in a terrible place mentally. The problem with that is obviously that's not going to apply when they're anywhere else. They're not going to have that effect. So I think to some degree, this was like a perfect storm. Like it was a mixture of the road, the crowd, the, a bunch of players, as you say, like Summer had like the, the tournament that he was supposed to have had years ago when he looked like the next yeah. big talent. Ben Tet's a monster anyway. I think generally they just got most things go right for them and they, they were close to winning the tournament. As you say, I think they probably would have beaten Ence if you saw the way Ence played the final. So yeah. great, great performance generally. It's just that I, I don't really know that you can plug it out and plug it in in the next event in America, next event in Europe. I think they'll go back to just being an upset team who beat one team and then probably bomb out themselves. So it was cool, but I don't think they're a top team. Do you want to do you want to talk about Ents in sort of any great detail? Because the thing that I'm worried about here is, and I always say this, Ents have sucked ass for so long, there is no way, shape or form, anybody can ever justify the roster change of Alexi V oh, no for, for Sonny. There is no way... You can ever 
in any, you know, I'm sure Trolleybus is real is right now on Reddit going, well, now that they've made it to a final, actually, you can see that Alexi B did nothing for the team. It just has to, you know, fucking type away anything that just doesn't chime with reality at all. But the, uh, you know, <coughs> this, th th here's, the, here's the issues with this. First of all, they've looked tactically terrible ever since Alexi B went. Second of all, like, Sergey didn't have, like, they were they were winning games, sure. They beat Mouse Sports earlier in the tournament, sure. But Sergey hasn't been like I don't think there was a single series where he was near the top of the scoreboard. Uh, it might have been maybe the Vici game, maybe. But he, he, he had was like half of this tournament certainly. Yeah. He, <coughs> so that that's a worry for me, and they still m managed to get to the you know semis all the same, as make me to the final rather all the same. Um, and and then they looked like just ordinary just flat in the final when realistically this is the only tournament they're ever going to have a chance to to win with, with this current five in my opinion so I don't, I don't know how much i want to talk about them like i kind of feel it's been done to death i'm like am i ever going to come around to the idea that alu's a good in-game leader and the all of these players are going to click and it's going to work and they've got the right blend and no i'm that's never going to happen um and i kind of feel they got the benefit of a little bit of a kind of weird and eclectic uh, tournament for me that the, the legit result here is probably i don't know it's a toss-up i think maybe the mouse sports one more than the mibr yeah, sure but, in the group he's talking about yeah yeah so yeah kind of but but overall i they didn't impress me i don't think they're like suddenly ready to go on a tear and climb up the rankings i think they're still the same no, no, no. team they were when they came in with here's the sad thing if they come to a final you'd hope if you're an ends fan right they must look totally different in shape map pool looks look no no, that's the sad thing. Even getting to the final, they didn't look that great, to be honest. Because actually, this team, as I said, the tournament was a bit of a flawed field. A lot of teams were in bad shape themselves. It was kind. Of, this was kind of like some like fighting for relevance. That's what this tournament was. It wasn't like fighting yeah. for glory. You were just trying to show that, like, hey, we're stave off a roster move or fans hating on us. So the real problem is the Alexi B move has now entered that place in history that the Carrigan from Face moves entered, which is even if you agree on the one side of the ledger, that's the player being removed. The the, yeah. uh, the other side never will make sense. Hence the results that follow on. It's like there's a that's one of the things that like okay. So I told you I hinted like none of it's been said officially, but I hinted at some of the reasons behind the scenes that Ents might have wanted to remove Alexi B. Like maybe he wasn't the kind of leader they wanted. Blah blah blah. Maybe they yeah. thought that he's he was overrated tactically. I'll tell you what. If I even assume that's true. Well, then I, all those tactics were coming from magic. They were, it was a seance or something because none of the people in this team have any of that tackle understanding. It's disappeared. It's gone. If it was in Alu, well, he's fucking up big time, isn't he? It's not in the server. Like, where's the map pool? Mate, the, Mouse Sports baited these guys pick, into picking train. Oh, yeah. Under yeah. XCB at one point, they had some mental, like a 15-game winning streak on. And then they fucking spanked them on it. Their own map. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like I say, I just don't, think Ali was ever going to have the chops to be an in-game leader frankly and they they're really even the way they're interacting with the media and their fans and stuff and social media there's almost like a delusional component to everything they say where it's like you know you remember the alu tweet from way back when when he said like Look, we're gonna get there you watch nothing's gonna stop us but it's like guys like are you fucking for real here like you're gonna make it easier on yourselves not fucking harder um just seems really fucking crazy to me. But anyway, you know, they made it to a final. It's their best performance with this lineup.
I'll also say as well, one of the reasons why they did get to the final is that the guy who I think, in context of his role, suffered the most in the new lineup, Ariel, actually had, mm. for his standards, a very good tournament. Yeah, yeah Up until did, the yeah. final, he was basically one of the MVP candidates. So, fair enough, at least he had a, a turnaround. You'd hope he wouldn't suffer forever, not least because, by the way, he's definitely going to be the people in the crosshairs of the fans because people think he's the one that should be removed. So, I, it's not the end of the world. Like, I mean, sadly for me... Since they go in the finish approach, I don't know what roster move they make. Like mm. the Otto guy in crazy, I mean, he's barely been around, so I don't know if they'd want to pick him up. The jumpy guy who was going to be an OG looks fucking yep. fire, but sadly will obviously never play. I mean, that goes out saying so. I, it's pretty tough at this point in time. They don't really have a lot of options, unfortunately, because as far as I can tell, they're not going to go for an outside player. So, and also the implication with the other stuff with XCB is they want someone who, I guess, socially fits with them in some way. So, you you know, beggars can't be choosers, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, so then we'll talk about the winners, uh, Mouse Sports. Uh, just a, a great performance all round. I mean, crucially, as we already alluded to, that game against Ty Lu, where they were like, first of all, you've got Summer just going off. He's just in God mode. And they're at match point. You battle back. You win in overtime. Um, you know, Rops was just immense in that series. And it, it really... Uh, punctuates how much of a great turnaround he's had individually as a player since been working with Carrigan. You think about the slump in form where for 12 months he was kind of ordinary. He gets Carrigan as an in-game leader, you know, really turned him around. This was the tournament, though, where, the, the you know, I was kind of conflicted, honestly, when they gave out the MVP and it went to Woxic, Um, because I think there was very good arguments you could make uh, for Frozen as well, actually. Um, you know, and, and Rops, as I said, was like the deciding factor. He, he won the key rounds in the Tyloo game. So it's like, there was just, and, and, and also as well, if anybody saw what Carrigan was doing to Entz in the final, and it was unbelievable. He was fucking just literally running through smokes, bang, you're dead. Please don't do it anymore, Uncle Carrigan. No, I'll be seeing you next round. I'll run through the exact same smoke and kill Tui. And I was like, how are they not shutting this fucking down? Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, Carrigan's the in-game leader. Not great statistics, um, but yeah, it was it was it was insane how good Carrigan played in the final. Like, just vi you know, just kept Ents off kilter the entire time. So I just thought this was like a wonderful team performance, and this is exactly what we said prior to this. You don't need to fuck with Mouse Sports. You've got a good thing. Like, you're you're a big upset potential team. You can win the lesser tournaments on the circuit and have deep runs in the in the top uh you know top tier tournaments and who knows maybe in 2020 you will get that one big tournament win at one an iem or something entirely plausible that i that even happens. think actually you could make a very good case this is exactly what they needed from a tournament because since they were facing match point in that semi-final against tai lu where you're going to look like an absolute joke by the way because when everyone sees on the bracket you get tai lu and you've just beat eg you're supposed to win the yeah. tournament at that point in time like you have no excuse not to so if they'd have gone out in that fashion that would actually have been the other narrative. It would have been, right, well, if they can't win this fucking tournament, how could they ever win a tournament? Shut the team down, cut players. But for me, like the way they won against Tyler, was, it was like a character moment. Because what happened is they had to reach super deep and they had to basically win tons of T rounds on Inferno, then win on the third map, then go to the fact, like, this was like a big, big deal because it forced everyone to come online. So the interesting thing is I kind of agree with the MVP one. I thought it was a very, very close one. Like, Frozen had a terrible game against Ty Lu, but then he was really good in the final and was just dominating. Woxic basically 
didn't have the most crazy numbers. He just won some of the most bonkers highlight rounds and that you cannot get those out of your brain. That's the problem. Like he won the yeah. 1v3 to keep him in the tournament. He was winning 1v3s for fun in the final. But then, as you said, there would have been no walks and frozen show without Rops. He literally yeah. was keeping these motherfuckers afloat when they were drowning. So I think, it's, if anything, that in itself is what's the real positive, right? We just listed all three of the star players and then Carrigan's the IGL. He was entry like a motherfucker. So if they can ever do anything like this again at another tournament, they can be the team that the potential said they would be. Whether they will, yeah, that's obviously up in the air entirely. They've been a team that's been very hit and miss throughout the year. When they have a good game, they look great. When they have a bad game, you think, is this team ever going to make it there? So... I, I don't put too much crazy stock in it, but it was a hell of a run. Like to see all those pieces come together was very satisfying. I think. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. So super happy. I'm I'm really excited about doing the interview because I think it comes at a good time. Like I can't wait to pick Carrigan's brain about it all because it's been a long road. And I do just want to say, like as well, while we always talk about stupid fandoms, the mouse sports fans are really close to becoming the arsenal of Counter Strike fans. In the sense that they're just so fucking unreasonably cuntish about their team. Like, I I think I saw when they lost to Ents, like, just comments with all the mouse sports flair. Like, well, it's just never going to happen again. Carrigan, we need to make a change. And then when they win the tournament, same dude. It's like, fucking Carrigan, he's turned us around. It's like, yeah, you are, like, just fucking the Arsenal fans, you know? Um, so it, it, it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, but uh, super happy for Carrigan. Mouse Sports deserve a tournament win. They're a great team that play great Counter-Strike. A lot of young players in there. And um, yeah, a great a great story. Uh, right, so the other big talking point, dude, uh, which has been blowing everyone's mind, has been we had the Operation drop, right? And we got all the content. And Valve, uh, listen... I don't know what someone's been... I think they must have all been micro-dosing LSD over there because if you look at all the updates and stuff they've been shipping for all of their games, plus announcing what I told my fucking stream months ago was going to happen, that the next Half-Life game would be VR. Game Newell's coming out saying we're all going to be focused on VR. It's rejuvenated the studio. But they've actually put out, like, good content for, for their games. Like, the Dota update that's come out uh this this it's like holy shit like you, you actually care they just they just dropped something else some halo stickers now it's like okay all right let's let's hope this is the trend that continues but unfortunately within that within the content uh creation that is obviously targeted at casual players um and this has happened many times with valve in the past especially with counter-strike if it, it, they they ship it first and then see how it's going to affect competitive and then make changes retroactively. And unfortunately, what we've had here is there's these custom models in the game now, which create a lot of issues. Uh, the, the, two the two issues, the two big issues from a competitive perspective are some skins seem to be bigger than others, have bigger hitboxes, which of course is a fucking anathema in, in, in Counter-Strike. There shouldn't be any form of advantage whatsoever in terms of ability to be able to hit. Like, you know, you don't want someone running around with the fucking golden eye or dodge job skin in fucking Counter-Strike while you've got to play as Jaws. It's akin to that. And then on top of that, They've also brought in these skins with, like, color schemes that make you practically fucking invisible. It's like trying to kill fucking Predator on some fucking maps. It's ridiculous. And by the way, I, I'm actually colorblind. I can tell you it's already bad enough on certain maps of certain textures anyway. Like those, those make it a nightmare to play the game. 
So people are saying that the the, the, the models are larger, but the hitbox is the same. Okay, sorry. So that's even model, that's not problem. great because yeah. you're going to aim at yeah. that yeah. part of the model and think you can see yeah, some, yeah, of yeah. some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them as so, a bigger so head, but like some when, when you hit, when you yeah. see it when they're stood like peeking around certain uh, you know p bits of terrain, you can see them more than you can in certain other areas. So it is still a problem. So my bad. Okay, the, not the hitboxes, but the uh, the models. I meant. So that is that's a fucking. Um, you know, big issue. But yeah, the invisibility suit is like way beyond, and I would have thought that would just get fixed immediately. All you have to do is like just tinker with the colors a little bit more. Um, but actually, Valve don't seem like they maybe just show a pro player for five minutes before you release it. Yeah, I, you know, I'd Valve don't you seem your previous game when you did the same thing. Maybe I mean, listen, well... everyone loves to bang on Riot Games. Riot Games mm. doesn't release anything without it being on that PBE thing first, which is like an area yeah. where you can go and specifically, like, basically beat a test. Well, Valve do have a CSGO public beta, don't they? They do have a beta build. I don't is, know if they roll sort of stuff, first. It, I don't think this stuff gets included, though, right? Because it never yeah. leaks, if you notice, mm. before the updates. Yeah, true. I think they should make um, use of it. I know a lot of pros would want to yeah. engage with this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's a tough one because, listen, again, I'm super happy that they've put out content and good content. And what have I been asking for for, like, the past year? And cosmetics, things that can people yeah, will want to collect. Give us something yeah. like they have in Dota. Give, give people a reason to play. And it's worked because we had the highest peak we had since uh, the Atlanta Major in 2017 or whatever the fuck it was. So it's worked. It's brought people back to the game. It's got people playing the game again. It's it's not rocket science when it comes to finding what motivates players. People want to do the missions again. Everybody on my Discord, they're all like, "Oh, it's the mission reset. Let's go out and get them. Let's win." So you know, it, that is a very basic motivator to make you play. So I don't want to absolutely come down on Valve and like say this is a bad thing or whatever because it isn't. It's like actually this is great. This is exactly what they should be doing. I hope this is going to be the start of more regular operations, more regular content for Counter Strike. But they absolutely have got to give the competitive scene, the tools they need to make sure that what they put in the game doesn't fuck us up from a competitive integrity perspective. And we've had this with the R8. We've had it with, you know, fucking all sorts of fucking updates and, and bugs and glitches that sneak through. And we have to play on previous patches. And now what we've all got we've got that ridiculous situation where we have to have a gentleman's agreement to not use the skins what well, i find bizarre is this skins are banned and faces in skins are banned i think it was i forget if it was elise who mentioned it. it was the pro player who mentioned this but we already had the solution for this in cs 1.6 because you know people were joking haha it's like in cs 1.6 where you would take the arctic skin and go on tundra no you wouldn't mate because i used to put in the command cl underscore min models yeah. one yeah. And it doesn't matter yeah. what you can pick any skin you want mate i see yeah. you as the default elite crew terrorist it doesn't matter like you yeah. as a result you can never do that so again just knowing even the history counts right put that command in the game and instantly it's solved for pro play and any fan who wants it on normal public can have it problem solved it's yeah. not even an and, issue and, no but this is but they've done this before I've, I've talked about this before and like when they did dynamic weapon pricing they rolled that out like they completely broke the economy of counter-strike source by making a stock market algorithm attached to what guns were popular and what wasn't so the least popular guns were the cheapest and the most popular guns went up and up and up to live so a deagle was 16k and they they fucking put that in and didn't give you a cvr to like not have that so leagues were like well how the fuck do we play with this but you know you could you could literally be like you could go to bed 
uh, you know, on a fucking Monday, and it would be like, oh, deagles are like 10k, orps are like eight, and you go, oh, it's fucking dumb or whatever. You wake up the next morning, a sudden flurry of public play has made them both go up to 16k. It's like, you can't have a competitive scene that operates on that basis. So eventually there was a lot of foot stamping and people saying, look, we're not playing the leagues. All games are off until you give us a C-bar to, to remove it. And that's eventually what had to happen. So um, it seems to me, again, it's just another example of almost sometimes how esports is the afterthought, which I don't mind because maybe sometimes it should be the afterthought. You, you know, if you make a great game first and a popular game first, the esports element will eventually survive and prop itself up. But it does seem weird that Valve, with all of these tools at their disp disposal, all of these people they can talk to, they didn't think about the models and, and how it could be, you know, in, in the design and stuff first, and also didn't think, let's just put a CVAR in, let's just put a command in that removes them, just as a fucking get out in case it sucks. Give us some time to make the changes so we don't get crucified by the community. So it's very bizarre, but I mean, ultimately, from what I've seen, I've seen all the clips, um, it's got to change. You cannot have that. You've got people spamming every fucking spot where there's any foliage, just walking around. It's completely destroyed tactical buildup. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they will do it though. But they need to also. I, I think. Do, well, I'll ask you this: Do you think the reason that they're reluctant to is because they think it will stop people from buying the operation in the first place? I just personally thought it was just incompetence that they just didn't think it through and, and just thought this would be brilliant. And I, I even said this on Twitter. Listen, I've, I've told my stories about meeting Valve and, I, and all that happened is, just like Anders, I had the reaction of people just being such stupid idiots to me on Reddit. I thought, fuck them, won't waste my time on you for one more second on this topic. Because when I once told a story about an interaction I had with Valve, you can go look this thread up. Hundreds of people, super upvoted, tell me stuff like I never had that conversation or they obviously said other stuff that I edited out or like all sorts of outrageous mind-reading shit that you could never even make as an assumption. And all I'll basically say is this. Just as when I asked them, well, why did you ban Titan? Because Kaylee cheated. They told me, well, obviously all the players knew and stuff like that. That's how out of touch the devs are. Like I could really believe, no joke, that the Valve devs even think it's a good thing that these skins blend into the wall and that now it'll add a new tactical element to Counter-Strike and that everyone will have to adapt. I'm using air quotes for anyone who won't listen to our podcast right now. Adapt to something you can't adapt to because your motherfucking eyes can't see. So unless you mean some sort of evolutionary process involving millions of years in which Counter-Strike is the selective pressure, I don't think I'm going to be able to adapt to overcome my colour blindness, mate. But, you know, fuck me, right? Maybe I shouldn't play Counter-Strike because that's the problem. Like, I actually do think these devs think these moves are good when they bring them I don't think they just put them out willy-nilly. I don't give them that credit. I've just seen too much and heard too much bullshit and stupid ideas behind the scenes to think that they actually accidentally did this. I think they, they think this is a good feature. And now maybe they'll learn from the pushback and change it up. But sadly, I, I think, unfortunately, our devs are more suited to making a game for casuals than on the pro side. They just don't seem to... They don't even seem to really care about properly engaging the pro scene. To them, it's kind of like an afterthought. It reminds me of how id Software always were with Quake. id Software yeah. used to think, because they put on QuakeCon as a big land for free, that it didn't matter that they did nothing else and didn't even acknowledge tournaments in the world. In their mind, it was like, well, we make a cool game and, you know, it's nice that you guys have a scene, but, you know, which that's for you and this is for us. It's like, well, you could have made it 10 times bigger if you'd wanted. So, I think unfortunately this is always going to be the nature of the world to evolve as i always say they're definitely better than most other game devs I, 
the other game devs are the most unreasonable fucks in the entire space. So fair play. Valve's just mildly annoying in most cases, and hopefully they do what they usually do, which is eventually do the right thing and fix it. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm sure they'll have to. I mean, and and if not. At least we're getting to a stage where everyone can agree. Like, let's not just use these skins. And yes, it's it's not going to have a negative impact on the tournaments per se. Maybe that is the answer. Maybe maybe we just fix things our, ourselves. Like, you know, again, we used to have to do a lot of that in Source. Um, you know, if you're Flush's lawyer, will probably say that he has a right to fucking use the other skins anyway. You know, I know he'll probably just do some shit like that. <laughs> Why have you made this narrative about Flush? I don't know like litigious flusher is out there like my client you know, wishes to use the invisible my client <laughs> when he wrote the book Johnny if Cochran, i no. if i did cheat at <laughs> if the mouse don't fit you must quit um so anyway uh one more story and then we'll do uh viewer questions this was the uh news from uh, dk over on double tap where he's at now he's no longer in deserto uh, that Dignitas have acquired Holzerk, and they're looking at bringing in Exist, <laughs> he rides again, uh, Freiburg and Forest to create a new CSGO lineup. So lots to sort of unpack from that. Um, you know, first of all, is Dignitas is back, looking to spend money. Um, already got a player on the books, Holzerk, who's a Norwegian opera, if you don't know him. Um, then... The idea that they're going to bring Freiburg in from Heroic exists is sort of out there dangling. And Forrest from NIP, which, of course, that would be it then. That would be the, the sort of end of, of NIP because, obviously, Get Right's kind of, you know, looking you know looking at his options out in Vegas at the moment. Um, some people have said that maybe Get Right might go and join this team. I'd so, heard yeah, yeah, I just linked you something. No, JW basically said it on, I think, was... Yeah, I saw it I'll just say, it, behind the scenes, a few, not it wasn't a super well-known rumour, but a few people had heard a rumour, basically, the original Nip4 plus someone else, didn't know it'd be Olzerk at the time, would maybe make a team and be bought out like this. I will say, by the way, I know everyone's been waiting for all this time for Get Right and Forrest to make a statement about Nip and whether they believe that they've just made it. This is about as close to a vote of no confidence as you could get when you leave yeah. the org. You have fucking equity in. <laughs> well, that, that that was that was about the the sort of the, the main topic I wanted to go with, and that's just like, I mean, first of all, as you rightly point out, they're leaving an org that they have equity in. They'll probably need to do something about. If you that think of that recent of the new Valve, Valve rules, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Player, you know, you can't play for Dignitas and, and own something in NIP and and be at the majors together. Which you know, who knows if that might not even be a factor, by the way. And so maybe they can hold on to it for a little bit longer. But somewhere down the line, should both of those teams end up at a at <coughs> a major, the players will have to divest themselves of the shares. But um, the the other thing here is, like you say, you know, you own equity, and you're like, fuck it, I I'm, I actually want to go somewhere else. Um, it kind of felt to me that you know, Forrest at least would have retired at NIP. You know, give him give him that. You know, like, but evidently, as you said, people are so pissed off with what how NIP have been handling their business behind the scenes that even like the legendary players of NIP are like, listen. We'll go play with Holzerk. We'll go to Dignitas. There's really nothing keeping us here. Uh, Sounds like they barely... got a pretty good deal as well. Oh, I'm sure they made a lot of money. I mean, Dignitas, if you know about, well, you do know about what's been going on in League of Legends, that Hooney contract that got fucking put out there, wasn't it? It's yep. like 2.3 million or something. It's like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but anyway, the, uh, you know, so uh, what does it do to NIP as a brand? 
I mean, you've I've got, always said you've this. got none of the ninjas in pajamas anymore because they were stupid enough to ride that original four down to an original three until eventually an original two after like five years. All they had was the two nip and get right and forest were NIP, yeah, like basically, like. Even of Nip, even of Get Right Forest, cause Get Right's game had fell off. It was really only Forest, right? Like Nip, mm. Get Right was only there for like legacy reasons. So I, for Nip the Org, yeah, good riddance. You fucked yourselves. See ya. For this team, fair enough. If you want to have one last ride, you want to get the boys back together. I mean, I will say this. I can't remember if they ever said this in any of their interviews with you. I think Fifth Lauren might have even implied it. I, th one of the things that used to basically mildly tilt me about Nip is that I know that the players within the team, some of them, do actually think that if it hadn't have been for all the org shit, that they would have just kept being a really top team and that, that was part of what like brought them down or like, you know, crushed their spirit or demoralized them. Now, listen, I don't rule that out entirely. It's just at the end of the day, that wouldn't make you shoot everyone in the head or become as good as you used to be. Like, and that's just, you know, there's a bit of yeah. wishful thinking there. But I get the idea and it's that many times before, get the old band back together and just see what happens if we had another chance. Everyone well, wants to they retired off that one last run, right? Well, speaking of getting the band back together, obviously the other component to this is uh, Fifth Lauren um, has expressed in an interview to now transition into coaching since he left Twitch. That's something he wants to do. He's been talking about doing it while he's like, you know, based on an obvious, obvious pairing, right? Yeah, well, this 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 seems to me, this is how you really get the uh, the band back together. I, I, I If I was a, you know, put, put it this way, if Dignitas haven't thought about that and, and haven't explored that option, I, I would definitely be like, you know, DMing them now and saying, listen, um, you know, that's kind of I suspect that's on the cards. Yeah, I would, I would, I would think so too. And I hope so, because they, uh, they, they deserve it. Um, so, you know, uh, it's an interesting lineup, but for me, the biggest story here isn't whether or not this team's going to do anything. I honestly don't think it will, not to be disrespectful to any of the players involved. Although Freiburg seems to be a little bit rejuvenated since he spent some time in Heroic, and who knows which version of Exist we're going to get, please. He's going to be the in-game leader again, no doubt, so fantastic. Uh, but um, on honestly, I, I, the, the biggest story here is that what happens next to NIP. And the, it's, it's very interesting because they've lost all of their stock, in my opinion, in, in, in Counter-Strike. And it's not like they've built up great stock in other games. So does the org even continue after this? Who fucking knows? Right. We can now move on to our questions. Remember, if you're a $50 or more patron, you get to ask a question. Uh, but Pounder 420, what's your favorite piece of esports merch, memorabilia, souvenir, etc. that you have? Oh, it's quite easy, easy one for yeah, that. And, I think sadly, I know yours as well. Sadly, I'm going to have to rag on Valve again, which is I thought it was really cool that if you worked to CS:GO Major, they would give you a one-off custom commemorative yeah. pin for yeah. that tournament. So as a result, just like a player who won a tournament, you had something to represent that being one of the best in your field as talent. You did, you you accomplished getting to do a major. And I have to tell you, when I came back to doing majors after two years, the first thing I said when I got there was like, when do we get those pins? And then sadly, Moses goes, they don't do them anymore, mate. They didn't do it for the last major either. So just like the player profiles, they just given up on that, which I actually thought mm. was a really cool angle. Like it was one of those things that I like, I have a little board with them on in my room, you know, cause like, you know, it's a little accomplishment in your career. So I thought that was a pretty cool angle. Yeah, I'm trying to think what I what I've got. Oh, cause I got a, I got a fucking ton, you know. Like I've got like limited edition Starcraft shit back from when Blizzard fucking used to like me. I got a 
again shows how times change hastro gave me a, a jersey from i think it was mbk it's from some tournament they won that's in there i got obviously all the shit in the e-league i got that fucking faux leather style jacket from clash for cash which you weren't at we got kind of like a bomber jacket for that um but i got oh, loads that, of like that reminds me i have got one i should yeah. probably mention because just because you mentioned hastro it reminded me right mm. hastro because he was trying, you know, as a gesture of friendship. Oh, I think that this is what I thought it was well. going to be. I yeah. didn't know what you were going to say. I know, yeah, I'd forgotten about this, actually. He mm. actually gave me, as a gift, the real, actual jersey that Happy wore when he did the Deagle Ace against yeah. TSM on Inferno at DreamHack London. He gave me that jersey. Now, what he obviously didn't fully realise at the time was I was going to use it to mock and degrade Happy because I'd <laughs> fuck that guy. Now, you know, he probably thought it was going to bring us closer. <laughs> If anything, I was like, hey, got your jersey fuck. <laughs> I, I even did some sort of skip with it. Like I think I did it at the major where I was like, it just smells like French arrogance or something like someone was somewhere ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. like. So it did sort of backfire on him. And I know oh, that does make God. me seem like a bit of a cunt, but guess what? No, but what I'm was that? Bit... What, what was that book you gave him at G Finity? Oh, I, I tried to, Yeah, I, I gave him like a was it a bit like book. But no, but no, but mate, it was a book like the title was like How Not to Be a Cunt or something ridiculous. No, no, I gave him a comic book, but the thing is the premise of the comic book it was it was actually the Thunderbolts run by Warren Ellis. And the premise of the comic oh, book right, is yeah, it's okay. a guy who's having to manage sort of a team of disparate individuals who all have their own side. So I actually tried to give him that as like an inspirational thing. Obviously, he didn't fucking listen, did he? Because then again, what book has this cunt ever read? He doesn't even read his own tactics book. <laughs> he just tries to fucking turn off his <laughs> scanner and use the force every time, doesn't he? Not everything is a fucking Death Star run happy. Oh god. So yeah, probably is uh, probably is that uh, something something of that. Uh, Rekovic on Steam says, if according to the eSports Awards, a two-day event win means you're the best player across all eSports for a year, does that mean that a random Tier 4 team from Oceania, Oceania are the best team in CSGO? Uh, so, obviously not happy about the Booger Award for Fortnite. Uh, we already said our piece about that. I mean, honestly, I, I just think that um, that obviously wasn't like a consideration at the forefront of most people's minds. That, yes, it was a huge tournament. Yes, it's loads of money. Yes, it was an unbelievably deep field that this kid had to come through. Um, but it is just one tournament, and a year is a year long, you know? So, um, kind of, kind of, I'm inclined to agree. I already um, said my piece about that. So. Oh, yeah, that's an obvious slam dunk one. I get that's why, by the way, I'll address this in the video. I get why people were outraged by that. I was outraged when I saw that move happen initially, but I can go into some of the reasons as to why it's not as sinister as it initially seems. Yeah. Okay, so uh, people can check out that video. Thanks for your question. Sunmade Raisins, given our danger zone hasn't in fact killed CSGO, shock and horror. Are there any other game modes you would like to be added, like official surf maps or party games? I mean, again, like the big one everyone always talks about is I used to love the VIP stuff. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, a, a nice game of Counter-Strike, get down Mr. President with your friends could be like really cool. Um, and I, that was something that I, that I think was actually deceptively more popular than people even thought it was at the time uh, it was like where all the pro players used to go and kind of unwind back in the day when we had it so that would be the mode i would immediately bring back and i and i think um it, it, i think that's a no-brainer i don't think it would take take too much to do it you know to actually put it officially in the game um people as well like jaffro's in the chat the old source player, you know, guy I used to manage back in Zebboard. Me and him used to stay up late at night and we used to play the fucking zombie mod. Uh, you know, where it was like, you know, all the Half-Life 2 fucking zombies. Uh, and we used to fucking, used to love that 
that was a lot of fun. So, and every game has a fucking zombie mod, so it kind of seems fucking crazy that uh, Counter Strike doesn't have one. So it'll be one of those two. But I think VIP probably for me. I think that's the most fun. I think that's a. I think there isn't a mode like that really in any of the multiplayer games. Yeah, there's levels like that in the campaigns of the single player games, but there really isn't a lot of. Uh, there isn't a game mode like that right now. So I think that would be a slam dunk. I don't really have one personally. Like for me, Counter Strike just is the bomb defusal. That's you know, and I want to play it in a competitive setting. I'm just not. It's not a casual game for me personally. Mm. Okay. Uh, next question, Jerky's minion. With Brazil major rumors going stronger and stronger, do we all prepare by watching Trova the Elite? What are the prepper? What is the reference that is? Uh, what are the preparations do we make? I'd recommend listening to Chaos AD and then Roots by Sepultura. Uh, back to back, I think that'll really help you get into the headspace that you need to be in. Uh, what about you, Duncan? I don't even want to ask you this question. We should probably just move on, I guess. Yeah, let's move on. Hey, he's thinking of something. <laughs> when, when, Sam, when he starts thinking, Whatever. that's when it all goes wrong. Uh, right, anyway, uh, hope that answers your question, Jerky. Good to see you again. Uh, Mike Feedme says, What do Richie, two time Lewis, and Duncan, I am the industry, Thorin Shields, eat for breakfast in the morning to give them the energy to tirelessly fight the mental illness on Twitter and keep producing fire content? Well, I got a very simple routine. I, uh, I get up, uh, I pop a bunch of painkillers and, uh, and, and medication. I then drink uh, a liter of uh, strong black coffee. Oh, okay. And, sure, it's uh, not the wrestler by Darren Aronofsky. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> then <laughs> strap and, myself and, up and get in that ring one last time for the fans. That's literally how it is. And because uh, I'm I'm a wreck, I'm a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> my body's absolutely fucked. It doesn't want to go on, but I am gonna I'm gonna keep making it. Uh, and then eggs, eggs. I'm telling you, the secret weapon of 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 persistence is eggs. <laughs> You have a fucking big old plate of scrambled eggs. Get scrambled. some. Yeah, scrambled. You know, I'll have a fried egg now and then just to sort of mix it up a bit. But scrambled is the fucking pro egg. It, you get some hot sauce on there. Unlimited eggs, guys. It's where it's at. So and that's pretty much my morning routine. I have eggs and a huge pot of black coffee and various drugs to keep me up right. <laughs> Right, man's not that not that interesting because for some reason Line I'm kind of fucking beef. I don't actually particularly enjoy breakfast. I, I think it's the worst meal of the day. Except I will say an English breakfast kicks the shit out of any other breakfast entirely in the whole yeah. world. There's nothing beats us. So everyone else can absolutely kiss my ass because you simultaneously <laughs> all repeat that. He's like, dropping a Jay Z. Breakfast is your best. The same people like, who say right. that the breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Well, England has the best breakfast ever. And you can't put two and two together, you thick motherfuckers. Keep eating falafel, you dumb motherfucker. Tastes like shit. Tastes like someone ate a kebab and then shit it out, and then that's what I'm now eating. Get that out my face. So anyway, this is my point. I don't particularly like breakfast. So what I do is I just wait until I have to eat something. I eat just something simple, probably some bacon or something. Just something quite simple. I just get going, I wait till lunch. All right, I like it. A, bre a breakfast skipper. Uh, I will say as well, by the way, if you want to do our job, it does remind mm. me of that classic, like, I think it's Hunter S. Thompson quote, is it? The one where it says that, you know, you're mad, you're in it, you're fucking jaded, you're, you're ready to rip everyone's that you're in the perfect mood for journalism. That's kind of yeah. what it needs to I be I think like it's actually Spider Jerusalem that says that. Oh, it could have been. But I think that's from Transmet, actually, yeah. You, obviously, they were channeling um, him in that sense. But yeah, or, like, yeah in, a, or, in a way, that maybe, is sort of a thing. I don't know. You need to sort of just wake up and just be like, right, 
this frustration at being a, at starting to come alive again needs to be mm. taken out on all the right people and hopefully you hit all the right targets. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how it has to be. Uh, J-Dubs, another question uh, about Brazil. Says, with Brazil confirmed for the next major, what other insane or entertaining major locations do you know of that were seriously discussed or pitched but never came to fruition? It's an interesting one. I'm trying to think what I know behind the scenes about potential locations for CSGO majors. I'll just say I'm this. The thing I don't get is this. Like, I feel like I'm in a fucking movie right now. Like, what could be more ridiculous than someone saying Blast Pro Series Bahrain? What could be was, more was, ridiculous than all the tournaments bring that up. in China where no, all of a sudden everyone forgets how to treat about politics for three weeks? Mm. What could be more ridiculous? Like, where else could we go, guys? We're going to Brazil. One of the, I think, isn't that like a top 10 most dangerous country by homicides in the entire world or something? Like, mm -hmm. where could we go? Like, at this point, I guess the only answer is we'd have to go directly to Syria. <laughs> what else? What, what could be more ridiculous, right? That would have to be it, right? It's the only way you could one up at this point in time. And even then, there'd probably be all people like, ah, oh, stop crying about Syria. Fucking hell. Welcome to Dream Act Master Syria. It's good. Yeah, the bar the bar one, I'm waiting to see how that goes down. That's another one where it's like there'll be an incident. There'll be something something weird is gonna happen at that tournament and uh, I'll be I'll be watching with uh, with great interest. But anyway, thanks thanks J Tubbs for that question. Not not thanks. It's not like I'm going to Syria, is it? I don't give a fuck. Fuck it. You never catch me there, mate. <laughs> Who's making never catch me in Syria, mate. We'll, we'll, I'm not going we'll, to Syria. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. Never catch me there, mate. All, all right. Okay, God Magic. Will there ever be another big successful esports game in the future that can compete with CS, Dota, or League? If so, any advice or suggestions to the game developers to maintain a healthy industry? Uh, and congrats on winning esports journalist of the year well deserved so this is like one of those like crazy questions that we just don't have enough time to really encompass for me the the, the to answer the first question it's a very resounding yes obviously esports isn't going anywhere it's a mode that is now put de facto into every game it is now a consideration in almost every um you know online games development like what is the what is the roadmap for having a competitive scene look like how can we use that to um, generate money and artificially kind of like add longevity to our game, uh, which is how most developers kind of think about it. That's why they're so jacked up on the idea of esports. But uh, the advice I would just say is like, you cannot force it. Absolutely, you must not, cannot force it. It's twofold. First thing, when your game blows up, you need to have a crack team ready to create your esport landscape that year. Done, gone boom this is where PUBG fucked up they left it too long when they were the number one game in the world and slowly but surely they've been trying to update the game update the esports do this create an ecosystem and they just took too long over it they weren't ready to strike while the iron was hot but the other but, but contrasting that as well you can't just on day one drop a fucking esports league into a game and say right listen we're, we're definitely an esport because motherfuckers might not play your game they might not like your game not only that, I mean, even if people are playing the game and liking the game, you've got to think about scale, you know? Like, you might have an eSports scene, but it might be 500 motherfuckers playing for $50 online cups, and there ain't nothing wrong with that, and that is still a part of eSports. And I would go so far as to say it's a hugely important part of eSports. It's grassroots eSports. But if you're a developer and you chuck $100 million trying to make that bigger than it is, or maybe even more money, then all you're going to do is you're just going to crap the fuck out 
and and then you're going to turn around and all the all the people on the board and all the CEOs and all the directors are going to turn around and go, see that esports isn't real. It's like no, you just don't understand the lay of the land. You're not fucking real. You're not you're not genuinely engaging with the esports space. You're cynically thinking about how you can use it as a cash cow and then wondering why it doesn't happen every time. So. You know, I, I think all of that is like a much bigger problem we're seeing that honestly games developers, even the ones that have made successful esports still to this day do not understand esports. And that is that it's, it's insane to me to sit here as just a fucking journalist saying that when these people are paid like millions of fucking dollars every year to actually know this <coughs> shit and they and they don't and they fuck it up. And like I say, trust me, guys. I already did a podcast, uh, the Spitfire podcast with Brycey, your mate Duncan, b Rye. We did a podcast together where Marty fucking laser lips I couldn't even believe on. that that happened. Yeah, was that never addressed? Laser lips like... No, me. I went in on him a few oh, times, right, and then afterwards right. I just said, listen, follow me on Twitter. And he, he did say, like, oh, I'm a different person now. It's like, you were still fucking blackmailing, uh, sorry, blacklisting publications uh, and mugging me off just a few months ago. But uh, listen, I'll make nice with anyone. Grudges... And uh, you, you only have to hold on to the really important ones. People who really fuck with you. Petty grudges like that. Fuck it. Have a beer. Calm down. Sure. Uh, but anyway, so I did that podcast. And it's like, listen, they were asking me, like, where do you think the fucking, you know, COD League's going to be? Like, what's the best case scenario for it? The best case scenario is that when it crashes and burns, when it hurtles into the earth, it doesn't leave a fucking crater so <coughs> it creates an event horizon and sucks everything around it into it, decimating the esports landscape like we've seen after CPL and like we saw after CGS. So, you know, th th these these developers really need to start fucking understanding the space. It's mind blowing to me that they still don't. I would just say this. Unfortunately, the one piece of advice that I think could be the most useful to any developer is the piece of advice almost certainly none of them will ever, ever, ever use, which is embrace your fucking community and the reason why they'll never do this is because unfortunately game developers like most humans mistake what is legal for what is moral and so since legally <laughs> they are the god of their game and with any level of caprice and arbitrary just petty nature can do whatever the fuck they want guess what just like the mods who have that power already they do they do whatever they want and they come with a sense of entitlement that says i am the god you will bow to me and anything I give you, you will scrape for and be happy for. And if you ever dare critique me, I will destroy you and shun you completely. So sadly, yeah. I don't think they'll ever embrace their community. But I feel like if a game ever came along that had any success of any chance of success at viewership and player base, and from day one, they embraced the journalists and the content creators and the pro players and the map makers and the movie makers and made them part of the client and part of the, if they did all these things, holy fuck. You could get a game that had half the numbers or something else that could look 10 times better than any other esport. Sadly, I just don't think that'll ever happen. It just seems to almost be a, a rule that the cool devs who would do that can't make a game that's big enough. And the people who make the game that's big enough have their head blown up too big from having made a game that's big to ever listen to anyone else. So I sadly don't think it'll ever be heeded as advice. And then the final question, and I, I, I've got this one, Dunk. I've got lots to say on this. Uh, Rich, have you or do you plan on discussing the Miles Garrett situation during this week's Browns Watch segment? Let me tell you, as I said, I do I do love watching the Browns. Cleveland Browns are so fucking objectively terrible. Even in victory, they always fuck it up somehow. Do love them. But just for those who don't know, Miles Garrett was the player that took off a, uh, the, uh, Mason Rudolph's 
uh, helmet from the Steelers, smashed him over the head with it, and has now been suspended in, indefinitely after getting a good fucking shoe in from your fucking boy Pouncy, who don't fuck around, son. But anyway, the um, and he got a three-match suspension, which is fair and definitely worth, by the way. Good on you. Uh, anyway. The, the, the reality here is what happened afterwards, much like what that ESPN journalist alluded to to try and like play down what Miles Garrett had done for, for reasons I don't know. It's one of the worst things you'll see on an NFL football field. Uh, she tried to allude that maybe there was a racist slur thrown, it, thrown his way. And sure, she didn't say that out and out, but it was very clearly the subtext. Uh, and then Miles Garrett, who said nothing about it in his post-match interview, uh, nobody mentioned it in the post-match interview, then turned around and said, oh yeah, Mason Rudolph racially abused me. So let's just analyze this statement, right? Because I'll just out and out say it. Miles Garrett is lying, <laughs> 100%. And I'll tell you how I know. Uh, because first things first, the idea that while Pouncey <laughs> was next to Mason Rudolph, like the idea that you're going to throw like the M-bomb out next to two of your black fucking teammates and they're going to be, they're already getting ready to hit Miles Garrett and then you say that and they're going to go, oh, actually, Miles, like fuck him up, smash his head in with that helmet, mate. So that's rule number one, how you know it didn't happen. Second of all, it's the NFL. Everyone's fucking mic'd up. What are you saying, mate? All the NFL do is they just pull the audio. And they did. And said there was nothing there. They said there's no evidence of this whatsoever. Steelers players came out and said, absolutely didn't say that. I honestly do not believe any black professional athlete would stand by a white professional athlete racially abusing another black professional athlete if they were on the other team. No fucking way. It, 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 it's... it's it, it, it makes it worse because you'd already had to take your medicine. And if you just owned up to it and apologized... You do your season, ban. They're going to let you back in the league. You're Miles Garrett. You're a really good fucking player. You know, you lost your cool. It's it's unacceptable what you did, but fucking hell, the NFL's given second chances to people who've done fucking all sorts of crazy shit. It's the NFL, you know? But then, now what you've done is you've, knowing that Mason Rudolph has this thing, oh, he's a Trump supporter, all of that chatter that's out there. Maybe that was the problem. He couldn't bend the knee. <laughs> they, they, they. He, he then has told a lie to try and leverage, uh, to to basically get a, you know, to try and get a reduced sentence. And all it's done is it's it's, you know, fortunately, it seems like one of those like very obvious lies that no one's believed. I mean, like I've followed all the, you know, reporting on it, and um, the worst I've seen is that well, if it did happen, and, 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 but like no one buys it for a second, and no one should buy. By it the way, I will just say. It. I love this whole story, though, because I, mm. it just adds into what I, my already... I'm sure everyone else is doing this. The schadenfreude of watching the Browns is fucking amazing. Like, I, I loved told you, it. didn't I? As soon as OBJ joined their team, I was like, this is all perfect. And then this can't, just can't ever get a touchdown. Like, oh, chef's kiss. It's too good, isn't oh. it? It's too good. Yeah, honestly, I can't help it, man. It's like, it's honestly... It's, it's amazing. My, mate, they're my Jack Twist. I fucking love them, like, so much. Like, I'm up on that mountain with them in the tent every night. It's just fucking great. They're just such an embarrassment to themselves. And then, of course, the fact that, obviously... Um, you know, the team's now super divided because you're supposed to come out and have your boys back. But, you know, Baker Mayfield is, like, definitely having none of it. And he's the quarterback and the leader. It's only going to get worse, Duncan. It's beautiful. It's an absolute fucking dumpster fire. It's incredible. But there you go. So th those are my thoughts. It was clearly a lie. Um, and it's the kind of lie that shouldn't get thrown around, especially in the current climate, willy-nilly. Uh, professional athletes should know better than that. 
especially the professional athlete that's guilty of assaulting and potentially really seriously hurting another athlete uh, to then try and throw a lie to justify your actions. It just makes you look like an even bigger piece of shit. Oh, and, and again, if there anybody who doubts that everything is mic'd up in an NFL, NFL game, how do you think they get all those cool fucking segments that they show all the time? You know, where it's like you can literally hear everything. There is nowhere to hide in an NFL field. If anybody racially abused anybody else on an NFL field, the, the fucking league would probably do something about it without it needing to blow up into a media shitstorm. So, all right then. Thanks to all the patrons that ask questions, and indeed, thanks to all of our patrons that support the show. $100 patrons, Jerky's Mini and Alice the Alchemist, Choke Me Daddy, previously known as Detlef Insomniac, God Magic, and Reykjavik on Steam. Our $50 patrons, Benakagi Assassin, But Pounder 420, Carve, Colin Penny, J Dubs, Madsen, Marcus Kyumpa, Mike Feed Me, Nemesis, Saad Sawar, Some Made Raisins, TC Owens, Tobias Bonasconi, and Watchdoge. And of course, shout out to our sponsors. <coughs> Com. Remember, they got the special offer now. So if you want to get ahead of ECS, which I'll be doing predictions for on my Twitter as part of my sponsorship deal with them, head out there. And uh, if any money you deposit now, you'll get 100% back. So, you know, they'll match it. So uh, check that out. They're a great sponsor. Love, love working with them daily. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Thanks to everybody who subscribed and donated while the show was going on. Uh, we'll see you next time on By the Numbers. Peace.